0: Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers episode 90, The Conciliator. I'm Scad and with me as always is my buddy, Matt. How you doing, Matt?
1: Hey everybody. Oh, hi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Three a curveball. That's twice, man. (laughs) Last episode. Well, that was a film's good finger. It's when you said Muddy Bat. (laughs) That was a film's good finger. It doesn't count.
1: (laughs) Uh, Hey, guys. In this episode, we are jumping ahead to the beginning of the reign of King Jaehaerys, the conciliator. That's found in the Fire and Blood chapters, Prince into King, the Year of the Three Brides, and part of A Surfeit of Rulers. Okay. Now, this is a little weird. I, I... Those who listen closely to the cast know how we're doing this, Um, but as Skad just said a couple minutes ago off the air, we've basically given a big middle finger to everybody in regards of how we're doing our read-through of Fire and Blood. Right, Skaddy?
0: (sighs) Yeah, I mean... It was well-intentioned. It all started... I think it was my idea, so I'll just apologize. Together. i wanted to do the novellas. No, i did too because they came out yep. first and then you know we <laughs> i think it was beth pointed out he's like you know it's, it's all in all there in fire and blood right we're like no we didn't know that <laughs> see That's yeah it was well
1: intentioned we're completionists our our train of thought was okay we did the five a song of ice and fire books then we did the Duncan Egg series, all those books. Now George has these additional kind of Targaryen dynasty novellas. Let's do those. And then we'll get into maybe some of the bigger history stuff, World of Ice, Fire, Fire, and Blood, whatever. You know us. We don't think that far ahead. Um, but, yeah, it ended up being that the stuff that's in the novellas is also in Fire and Blood. So we ended up covering a lot of Fire and Blood chapters out of order, or not chronologically anyways. Yeah. And now we're circling around and covering all the things that we missed. So, again, we started off covering the novellas using Fire and Blood as source material. It was kind of our supplemental material. Um, And then once the novella material ended, we just kept going in Fire and Blood. Especially we got into the Dance of the Dragons and it felt right to finish up that thing. And then we just... Stayed you on can't that stop in the middle of a dance. Nope. You ever the done music that? Music didn't stop. We can't stop. Can't stop can't the feeling.
0: Can't
2: stop. Nope. Won't
1: stop. So you
0: know. we
1: continued to the end of Fire and Blood, as you know that we just we just kept going. Now, last episode though, we reached around and covered the beginning of Fire and Blood, focusing, you know, on King Aegon I, the first, his wives, his conquest. But next in the book came the reign of reigns of Aegon's sons Aenys and Magor, but we already covered that in our episode Sons of the Dragon which was episode 81 so we're skipping over that and now we're going to Aenys's son Jay Harry's you got all that oh boy
0: yeah if you want to catch if you want to catch yourself up just go back to episode 81 yep and you can get all the events leading up to this episode and kind of remind yourself mm-hmm. bonus you know, listening. Um, it was a good episode. I re-listened to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bonus listen for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, that'll that'll get you in the headspace for where we are now. Right. So, apologies that it's kind of out of order, but we're gonna get all of it. We're kind of coming back through, and mm-hmm.
1: um, so if you yeah, yeah if you we'll want to get this all chronologically, listen to episode eighty nine, then listen to episode eighty one. And then continue with this episode. You'll be right there. Cool. All right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, what next? We got uh, we did a We did a film's Get Fingered Matt." That was a lot of fun. So much fun.
1: I really enjoyed it.
0: I did too. We went to some real depth on on Kevin Smith's first and perhaps seminal work clerks.-hmm. And uh, man. We, we we covered a lot of a lot of depth on that thing. I I really enjoyed it. I, I came I came away with that with a new appreciation of the film after talking to you about it.
1: Me too. So. Me too. Well it's good. Scad and I've always loved character driven storytelling. It's kind of what's kinda of drawn us together is that that way of telling a story. And uh, so we both naturally gravitate to stuff like that and Kevin Smith films are well, the good ones anyways. Which People have different definitions of what makes a good Kevin Smith film, but uh, it's rife with that character-driven stuff, and uh, it was fantastic. Well, and relatability, too, is one of the
0: things that I came away with. Yeah. Right? Is, like, it's inane and silly and gross sometimes and and over-the-top weird. But it's all of us. But in the end, when you look at the characters you find yourself, you find them to be relatable.
1: In almost almost every character, you can find something that you can relate to, yeah. right? There's a little yeah. bit of Dante, a little bit of Randall. Yeah. All of them.
0: Anyway, if you're uh, interested in that, check out our Patreon. That's uh, that's there as long as uh, reviews of several several films we've got out there. I think we did uh, Indiana Jones mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the Rage of the Lost Ark about a year ago we've done all this pretty much all the star wars uh films that have come out in the theater recently there right. a bunch of marvel movies so check it out if you want to check out some films get fingered coverage from us go check out our patreon
2: yeah
0: anyway uh another patreon announcement uh we're gonna do a hangout real mm-hmm. soon we're the, we're still a little hazy on the details we're trying to figure out the exact time we're actually going to be reaching out to our patrons and finding out what time might be best um, we learned a little bit from our last hangout, but we don't have a date yet. But it's coming very soon. Uh, we've got some takeaways to to do in the next week to figure out exactly when we can do that. Hopefully, sometime in December. Um, so keep a look, keep 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 an eye out for that.
1: Yes, sir. Um, we also kept our eye out recently uh, for the new Star Wars trailer, which we got right, Scad. That was.
0: It was hard. It was hard to miss. We didn't have to keep an they, eye out they, too hard. Yeah,
1: every media outlet ever was shoving it right in your face as soon as the the trailer dropped. Um, Do you enjoy it? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm excited. I've been trying since, I don't want to bag on Last Jedi too hard, but since Last Jedi I've been trying to keep my expectations in neutral, right? Tempered? Keep it, yeah, mm-hmm. a, very, a very low rumbling engine, right? That's ready to roar to life if, if uh, occasion gives it so. Um, it, it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. The scenes uh, that have been chosen and set, and the, the artistry—I'm sure it's all you know computerized, right? But the computer work to create them is great. I'm—I'm um, I'm a little worried about the number of locations and the sheer scope of everything that JJ is trying to do. Uh, yeah, button
1: up everything in the universe, pretty much.
0: That, and mm-hmm. I know there's been rumors of, like, he's not happy with what Ryan did, and, um, you hmm. know, that he's he's going to have to spend some of the movie kind of, like, cutting and trimming and sewing up things that, you know, to, to kind of bring it back where he wanted it, and that plus the epic, bringing the epic franchise to a close in a third act... It it just might be a little overwhelming, and the sheer number of locations I'm looking at, man, it's uh looks like a lot. Looks like a lot. I hope it's potentially I hope it's, not, it's. I hope it's not complete action fest. Right, is what I'm what I'm worried about.
1: Right. Yeah, you want to have that heart. Yes. Well, I if know. the Force Awakens is any indication, I I felt a lot of heart in, in that. So
2: I did. I did too.
1: From JJ, um, so I think his heart is in the right place. I thought Ryan Johnson's heart was in the right place too. I hadn't heard rumors of dissatisfaction, uh, but I also didn't look that hard for them.
0: I think they're m- probably mostly fanboy rumors. I think if you look something, if you look for something directly from his mouth, I don't think you'll get it.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Um,
0: it's more, it's more like conjecture. Like he he left all these kind of dangling things from Force Awakens and Mm -hmm. kind of like those threads just seemed like they were chopped instead of continued. And so that's kind of that's what people are using as the evidence right? That he Mm. kind of took it in a different direction than it looked like J.J. was headed. Which I get. But again you know we don't need to analyze this for hours or anything but um, I'm excited. I'm trying not to uh, be overly excited.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And you?
1: Well, we got our tickets for uh, Thursday night, 9.30 p.m., I think. We're letting the kids miss school the next day. This is supposed to be the longest Star Wars movie, they said. Yeah. Three hours and something.
0: Makes sense, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: Well, I also got my ticket for opening night, uh, not the 9 o'clock show. Good.
1: And, uh, when are you going?
0: Nine, but...
1: Oh, I thought you said not the 9 o'clock. Okay.
0: No, at the 9 o'clock show. I tried 6, and it was already sold out. Cool. Uh, right, yeah. Because A1 will fall asleep at a 9 o'clock show. So, I don't even know <laughs> who I'm taking yet, really. But It might be my dad again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, all the tempered excitement. I, You know, I still got tickets for opening night. <laughs> you know, I'm still going, you know.
1: Tell you what, guys, if you can find your way here. Scott will take you to Rise of Skywalker.
2: <laughs> yeah, First
1: one to I, call dibs gets to go.
0: Uh, you know what? If somebody came uh, and did that, uh, I would take them. I'd be, like, I'd be like, sorry guys. If I had <laughs> promised it, I would, I would go back on it.
1: There are people I think that listen to us that would, that would do it. No way. I wouldn't put it past a couple people. I wouldn't put it past them. An evening with you? Are you kidding me? I can't pass that up anyways
0: podcast yeah so we kind of covered this already no Davas after dark this time it's everything's on the table because we're all out of order and out of sorts and this is a history anyway and really its value partially is how you can project it forward to uh you know the main series and um so yeah everything's on the table no spoilers no davas after dark
1: And as always, if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. So you can find us at DavosFingers.com. Our email address is WeAreDavosFingers at gmail.com. Twitter handle, of course, is at DavosFingers. You can find and like us on Facebook. You can also learn more about our Patreon program at Patreon.com slash DavosFingers.
0: Speaking of those Patreons, patrons on Patreon, Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to do a a little Mm -hmm. shout out here uh, to those of us at the Dirty Cab Driver level and up. Uh, we'll start with Lady Fat-Ass Red. Thank
1: you, Jeff H.
0: Archmaester June, healer of the lesser poxes. Jeremy L. Jamie K. Honoris Colin you.
1: Alexander G.
0: Gib. Jean. Ghost Chase Killer.
1: The Bard of Legends, Aaron M.
0: Cat Spearborn.
1: And Mr. J., the red shirt in black.
0: We also have at our reach-around level, B-Word, the queen beyond the wall.
1: And at the Team John level, Misa, the Queen of Gifts and Beauty. Thank you guys.
0: Thank you for the support, everybody. Let's jump in, man.
1: Yeah, let's do this. So, uh, with us doing the jumping around, I'm just—I just wrote a quick summary that uh, will catch us up. Okay, so hold on tight. The good thing about this point in Targaryen history is we don't have all these crazy family lines and cousins and uncles and brothers and half-brothers and sisters and half-sisters. It hasn't really happened too much yet. So it's a little easier to follow. But look alive, true believers. It's summary time. So Aegon, along with his two sister-wives, had two children. Aenys, with his younger sister, Rhaenys, and Maegor from Aegon's older sister, Visenya, and in that order, Aenys first, then Maegor. When uh, Aegon died in 37 AC, Aenys ascended to the throne and ruled rather unspectacularly until 42 AC, five years. So secession-wise, the throne should have passed to Aenys' son Aegon, But through some tricky maneuvering that I'm not interested in covering here, the Dowager Queen Visenya planted her son Maegor on the throne. A little tricky trick. His reign of terror lasted six years, during which time he killed two of Aenys' sons, the aforementioned Aegon and also Viserys. He also sent Aenys' widow Alyssa and her kids, Jaehaerys and Elisan, her oldest Reina who was the widow to Aegon, would join them later into hiding. Um, supported by fed-up lords, chiefly Rogar Baratheon, 14-year-old Jaehaerys put forth his name as the rightful king of Westeros, and it looked like more fighting was going to happen over this until Maegor's death literally at the hands of the Iron Throne. Jaehaerys was then declared king, and a hope for a better Westeros was restored to the realm. Whew
0: yeah it was and we're gonna dive right into that uh that hope and how it springs or limps forward because (laughs) there there's a little bit of settling the realm that had to occur right maegor's reign again if you go back and listen to episode 81 or just read the section of sons of the dragon again it was a disaster matt i think you got a quote for us yeah
1: um yeah In the later years of his reign and during the reign of his successor, Jaehaerys was called the old king for obvious reasons. But Jaehaerys was a young and vigorous man for far longer than he was an aged and feeble one. And more thoughtful scholars speak of him reverently as the conciliator. Archmaester Umbert, writing a century later, famously declared that Aegon the dragon and his sisters conquered the seven kingdoms, or six of them at least, but it was Jaehaerys the conciliator who truly made them one.
0: So it's that making them one that uh, we're going to cover, really, for the next few episodes of this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, so let's just jump right in from where where Megor died. The realm's a mess when Megor dies. That's the easiest way to say it. He was impoverished, shrouded in war, and the primary religion, the Faith of the Seven, is basically an open rebellion against the Crown. Uh, there's a bunch of splinter groups, and not everyone is bought into the war, but basically... It's the crown against the faith. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not exactly the tailor-made situation you want for a 14-year-old king with no experience. Now, we all know what happens, but you you have to imagine that at the time, the realm was as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Uh, when they (laughs) saw who was coming up next as king. It's a kid. It's a kid. It's not going to help with stability. Mm -hmm. And it isn't like there weren't options. Matt, Reyna... Uh, the eldest child of Aenys is alive. She and, is. And she and Aegon the Uncrowned also have two daughters. A- Aegon the Uncrowned died. Again, reaching back to that episode, uh, he died challenging Magor um, on his dragon uh, killed by Balerion and, and Magor in the skies. Dude uh, tried. He did try. More on that later. Um, they have two daughters uh, that lived on. They're young uh Area and Rayella, but all agreed in this moment, even Rayna, that Jaheris was the best option they had in the moment. The girls were too young, and Rayanna herself kinda didn't seem to want it in that moment. Um the sex also told um we haven't gotten through all of that uh mm-hmm. in this timeline yet, but they will kinda want male rulers in Westeros, even as awesome as uh <laughs> Rayanus and and uh, Visenyor. Vessenior, yeah, um, and Rayna To be honest, I mean, she might have been able to fight for it, but she she really didn't. So Jay Harris is what That's they true. got. So mm-hmm. we move on. So he's 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 the chosen one, if you will, and he arrives upon the back of Vermithor, and he finds Lord Darklyn and Staunton, two remaining in the city that were very loyal to Magor. They're on their knees with their swords laid in submission. And he proclaims to them, you come late to the feast, and these same blades help slay my brother Aegon beneath the, the god's eye. He sends them and all the other lo- others loyal to Megar to the Black Cells to await his mother and his hand to help with the process of what to do with these guys. Because there's a lot Ooh. of them. A bunch of people were loyal to Magor. They were taking advantage of getting benefits from, from supporting him, and they kept themselves close to him. Um, so what does he do with all these people? So, from warring with the faith, to committing murderous atrocities, to torturing his own family, to stealing and marrying unwilling women, lots of people kind of supported these actions, whether they did them themselves or just kind of by not fighting back, they were kind of condoning them. Um, in, in the episode that we had for Sons of the Dragon, I called them tick marks against Amagor. It wasn't like one mm. thing that was enough to kind of bring him down, but he did so many and everyone—it's amazing how this rings true today to me. But all of these people saying nothing and not fighting back on on what he's doing kind of made a lot of people not like those people that were supporting him, right? So
2: mm-hmm. I was going to say, who does Megor
0: remind you of? Uh, but uh, I don't—you don't, you don't yeah, need to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole situation. Yeah. So a lot of people want to want to punish Megor, but can't because he's dead. So they want to punish the people that supported him and did mm-hmm. nothing and stood by while he did all these things. Uh, officially, you know, if you want to look at it this way, Megor committed treason by taking Aegon's right to the crown. Aegon was yep. the firstborn son of Aenys, who was the firstborn son of Aegon. So he should have been king by taking the crown. Megor was technically committing treason. So anyone supporting him should have been executed on the spot that was supportive of that regime. Now, Matt, I don't know, we've only had a king for 50 years or something, right? So, not even 50 years in Westeros. So these laws are new-ish, right? But the oldest male being the ruler thing for the little individual kingships, that's not new. They've been doing that on Westeros a... forever. And that's right? a pretty
1: easy rule, yeah.
0: So, it's pretty much very established that what Magor was doing was bad. and
1: Visenya as well by extension
0: Visenya too Visenya's an interesting case Um, anyway so Alyssa was supportive of this path Uh, she wanted to punish and execute all of these people that that supported Maegor remember her second born son was tortured to death by these various supporters at least some of them Right. but Rogar Baratheon the new hand stood against her Arguing that the worst offenders could be sentenced to death, sure, okay, but the remainders should go the give me a hostage, give me land, give me money route, right, and, and we'll heal the realm that way. Um, so they're kind of tied, and it took J.A. Harris to break the tie, and he isn't really all about that mass bloodletting. Yep. He says, Good call. There will be no trials, no torture, no executions. The realm must see that I am not my uncle. I shall not begin my reign by bathing in blood. Some came to my banners early, some came late. Let the rest come now. What do you think, Matt? Love it. So, we should keep in mind that Jay Harris is in his minority. He's not technically king right now. Yep. The Queen Regent and the Hand are really the ones in charge here. But Jay Harris has this... He's got this way about him...
1: Don't know what it is.
0: But he stands there and commands around him. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just... Riffing. Good drop. Good just drop. Griffin, uh, a little off-key Billy Joel for everyone. So, um Harris is so in control with this way that he has about him that his word is taken here. They're like, okay, that's what you said. Yeah, and, he
1: took initiative. He like yes. even in the face of these older more experienced men, he's 14. W- w- he just waltzes into the throne room, sits on the throne and leads and because he was able to do that and do it with such confidence,
0: they respected him. Right. And and it's totally and it's it's also telling that it I don't think it's a coincidence in Jay Harris' mind that in this first major act, we have a clear departure from Magor. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, not murder or revenge, is what he wants to define this moment for the realm to see that things are changing. This is gonna be different. Right? But
1: Yeah, it's an attitude of anything but what was happening. Right. We'll take anything. It's <laughs> I could make another connection, a timely connection of <laughs> anything but
0: Magor. Yes. But if you go back seven years, or six years, or what have you, uh, before this moment, you had a different kind of ruler and a different kind of problem. Mm -hmm. A king that couldn't do anything, couldn't make decisions. A king that was seen Mm -hmm. as soft and weak. And so that is the risk that he's playing by going this route. And how... So... So he doesn't want to be seen as weak and soft like his father was. So Alyssa also really doesn't want that. Her fa- her uh, Jay Harris' mother, Alyssa, doesn't want that either. she,
2: she doesn't was want right.
0: She, yeah, she's right. She's like, I remember what it was like for Anus. He was a great guy. I loved him. He was a great husband, a great dad. He was a good guy. He wanted the best for everybody. Wanted to talk things out. But people saw him as weak. For all those great things about him, people just saw him as weak and they rode roughshod over him. So she doesn't want... To dissent with what Jay Harris wants because she thinks that could make people think that he's weak. So she's like, all right, okay, no revenge, no, you know, no executions, or at least not, you know, not executing everybody. And the people in the court will see Jay Harris in his first moment in command, in control. And that convinced her. He couldn't be seen to be too much like his father. And the action itself makes him seem not too much like Maegor, a little middle road, mm-hmm. right?
1: Middle road, perfectly. Yeah he 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 towed that line perfectly. Of yes, he's erring on the side of of mercy, but he's doing it so confidently and so decisively that it still commands respect. Well done for a fourteen year old kid.
0: Yeah, and I have a note here that. And I, now I can't remember where in the text it says it, but I have a note here that Rayna was a bit of a dissenter. I think maybe she wanted more punishment. Uh, yes, that's that's right. So it yeah. wasn't very good, but she wanted more people punished because, again, her husband, Aegon, Ag- died, right? The Uncrowned.
1: Yep. Yeah, she, she kind of took this thing as, you know, uh, they will cheer you as the crown is placed upon your head, as they once cheered our uncle and before him our father kind of implying that, listen, they're listening to you now and they're liking you now, but you don't know how things are going to change.
0: Right. Yeah, but but to that point, just real quick before we move on from Mariana, what's the alternative? What do you want them to do? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It's like, all right, you're bitter about it, and okay, I get your point. It's dangerous. What would you have me do?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway,
0: okay, so... There are some trials to be had. Not everybody's just skating. Uh, Most people emerged from the cells and immediately repented and paid homage, uh, you know, as as they said they wanted. And, you know, they gave hostages to service cup bearers, and you know, the whole story we always see. Uh, They gave land, they gave money, etc. But that clemency did not extend to everyone. And this bothers me, Matt. The headsman, the jailer, the confessors, all found guilty of helping Tyana of the Tower torture and kill Viserys, their heads and hands were sent to Alyssa, who was appeased by the measure.
1: They're just doing their jobs.
2: No, even in know.
0: even in Westeros, the rich walk, and the menial helpers mm-hmm. just get fucked in the ass. Yep. What were they doing? All they were doing was following orders, and they get executed. While I'm the a freaking headsman. Just...
1: It's what I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's in the job description. It's not my job to stand up. <sighs> It's not even in the job description. It is the job name.
1: <laughs> and 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 are you gonna get to the two Kingsguard guys? Bracken uh, and Mallory, yeah, Mallory you say his name? go for it. So these guys so the guys you're referring to get in trouble for just doing their job and not so it's like, what else do you want the headsman to do? Say, no, I can't do this and go against what his job is. But yet you've got, Oliver Bracken and Raymond Mallory who were Kingsguard members, who turned against Magor and because of the atrocities that he was committing, and they're like, no, we're not going to work for this guy anymore. And they get punished yeah. for breaking their vows and not doing their job and standing up to tyranny. They end up getting punished for that and, ha- and end up taking the black rather than facing execution for betraying their king yeah now I know the vows of the king's guard are different than maybe the job description
0: of a headsman, but you see where i'm coming with this absolutely it's a funny. i have I have a similar note i, I mean <laughs> taking it back to the taking it back to a song of ice and fire and I've heard lots of people uh rail against against her grandfather uh and uh, for for not taking action specifically for not taking action when he heard mm-hmm. uh oh jeez. Aries, Aries, yeah, uh, beating uh, Raella.
1: sexually abusing,
0: yeah, his uh, wife. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I can't believe how long it's been since we heard the stories. I'm now forgetting names in the main series, <laughs> uh, but but he he's he's being judged right for not for not stepping up, and yet here we have uh-huh. something more, you know, arguably worse, and that you know Makor's basically abusing the whole realm, not just his wife, right? And these guys rise up and they're like, no, we're not going to support this, right? And so they do step out of line and take their vows over their king, right? And make what you think is a reasonable ethical choice. And they're punished for it. What do you what do you want what do you want sister grandfather to do, man? He's seen the history, he knows what happens. He doesn't want to go to the wall. Mm-hmm. These are important, these are important precedents. And it's interesting that George important puts them there.
1: Yep. Yeah, it really is. Because it on one hand, I was trying to think this through. And on one hand, it does set a dangerous precedent for Kingsguard members that can just like, well, anytime you don't agree with what a king is doing, you're free to turn on them. There's a dangerous yeah. precedent there, right? There is. But but when the king is Obviously, doing the types of things that Magor and Ares are doing. I know that that line can be fuzzy for some people, but I feel like sexual abuse of the queen and some of the terrible things that Magor did on the daily, those are situations that can be justified. But yeah, they, they back these Kingsguard guys into the corner, their vows and vows, as Jamie said. And it's the problem becomes where is the losting?
2: Right, yep. and
0: you're, you're trusting these people to judge where the line is and I think if, uh, if B. Fish were here uh, he, the, the guy I always invoke when I'm talking about military things, he'd tell you that anytime I think, I don't want to put words in his mouth but anytime you're asking soldiers to make those choices, you're opening up you're opening up wiggle room for things in, in policy uh-huh. and chain of command stuff and it, but, but I think, I think Brennan B. Fish is and one that, of the people that comes out goodness. and is like, he should have stopped that your job as yep. a soldier is to stop those kinds of things. So it's yeah. a tough... I'm just saying it's a tough thing. It and, is tough. And I get what Jaehaerys is doing, kind of like what he said about not following in Maegor's path. He's going to draw the line in the sand. Kingsguard will behave this way. We're not going to be punishing all of Maegor's allies because the king is not going to behave that way in the realm. The king is also not going to to stand for kingsguard that aren't loyal and sorry man i i know you were doing the right thing but i can't stand for it this is my line it's a tough thing to do right. and these guys kind of get raked over the coals but he kind of has to but, mm-hmm. but but i but i think it and is they... then i think i think it is then difficult to call kingsguard into question for for not stepping up in those situations. for not yeah
1: yeah right yeah and in this case. Uh fun little cliff note to this is that these two guys ended up going to the wall where they ended up starting a rebellion against the rest of the night's watch. They gathered a bunch of the, um, uh, poor fellows and, and people that had also taken the black and they started a rebellion against like the night's watch and ended up being put down by the, the Stark in Winterfell, who at the time was Walton Stark. But, uh, they got a little, they got a little rowdy up there after they went. So, fun little footnote to those two
0: guys. So weird. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so with that though, after 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 those kind of trials and everything are kind of dealt with, um, the realm kind of comes together with little initial resistance. Those that met Jay Harris were quickly won over by him. He was courageous, chivalrous, open-handed, well-spoken learned learned as a master and pious as a septon, it was said alyssa called him uh the best of her three sons uh, that came from her own mouth so you know Dang. we're we're coming into a, a good place we think with the realm after this little rocky period of settling it down we solved the faith though that's not we're still on edge yeah let's talk about them shall we let's do it
1: you have other things you wanted to cover oh, in this it. section.
0: That's
1: it. Okay. Um, I did just a, a quick little Google search. Uh, Jaharis reigned for 55 years in the end, which sounds crazy. Like eight years of a U.S. president seems like a long time.
2: Yeah. If
1: they serve two terms. Um, but uh, Louis the 14th of France. Is he had a 77 year reign, which was crazy. He, re, he reigned from 1643 when he was five years old, until 1715.
0: The, the sun king. Oh, excuse me, that's 70. Hmm. My history's betraying me. Well, I
1: don't. Yeah, which Lu, which there's Louis people out it? there that totally know the answer to that. Louis the uh, 14th. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about what Jahari's did with the faith. Things aren't going well. Um, the quote for this one is jumping ahead a little bit, uh, spoiling a, a little bit of what's happening. The faith has no need of swords; they have my protection, the protection of the Iron Throne. I shall not wage war against my own people, but neither shall I tolerate treason and rebellion. So, uh. It must not be thought, here's another quote, that the reconciliation of the lords brought peace to Westeros overnight. Okay, So there's still this great rift between the Faith of the Seven and the Iron Throne. You've got remnants of poor fellows and warrior sons uh, kind of all over the place still. Little bands of them that are striking at different places around the Seven Kingdoms. The, the major threat, though, is by a guy named Septon Moon. He was quite the character, right, Sked?
0: yeah yeah i think you're gonna go into it go ahead
1: (laughs) maybe you're like uh he's maybe like one of the first televangelists only he did it for sex instead of money yeah um Septon Moon had about 5,000 followers. Uh, He had him camped outside of Old Town to, you know, intimidate the High Septon and all this stuff. And constantly preaching against the sins of House Targaryen, saying Westeros will not be clean again until all the Targaryens have been driven back into the sea. Uh, He was a, a creature of immense appetites, it says, a glutton and a drunkard renowned for his lechery. And he lay each night with a different woman. Hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I, so... Uh, his... his
0: You've got... So, all these people in the faith, right? They're holding their breath. Like, what's this new king going to do? Where do we stand? They're all on uncertain ground. But they all also kind of have this taste of power, right? They've kind of seized this power that they mm-hmm. didn't have before. And the Septon Moon guy is the biggest of them. But without getting too political this guy is just a moron i mean his head is completely up his ass and only i i feel like only because those people benefiting him or those people around him are benefiting from him being in power are they choosing to support him it's ridiculous he can't even read matt he preaches about sin and he actively goes every night and fucks new women yep i mean his followers have to be the dumbest people i can imagine
1: He leans into his hypocrisy. Well, because it gives, it supports his illusion of power. That it's like, I'm this great guy and I can do whatever I want. I can sleep with a different woman every single night. But then he turns around in his sermons and says, I am a sinner. And they're like, oh, preach. Preach, Septon Moon. You're just like us. They can relate to him, but they also respect him for this false view of power, which they're, they're mistaking sexual prowess for power it's yeah it's terrible all around not only this but he's protected by uh, two lords lord Oakhart and lord rowan who also have their forces camped um outside of old town as well which you have to wonder if
0: these two lords are like oh my gosh what in the world did we do yeah uh yeah i it's you know when you like commit to something you know it was a mistake but you can't go back without losing like tremendous face. So you, yep. s- you spend all your days like looking, looking for a way out. <laughs> like, where's how can I get out of this? Right. And maybe they found one.
1: Yeah. yeah. They, well, they did find one. Uh, so yeah, but it's one of those things that it's like back during Magor's rule. It's like, well, who do we support the faith or this tyrant King Magor? And they chose faith. And then things got a little crazy. Um, but this this posed a threat because these guys are out of Old Town. And so before Jahari's could safely travel to Old Town to officially be crowned king, and for that whole ceremony to happen, we needed to get rid of these guys. Uh, and opportunity presented itself. The text says, mayhaps the gods were listening. And Septon Moon ended up being murdered in his tent by... Um, a woman who had shown up to, what did the text say? I didn't write it down, but to seek his, seek his assistance or his well, help or something like that. The theory and everyone... goes
0: that Septon Moon could basically bless your vagina and your uterus uh, to allow you to have kids and stuff, right? To, to have make children, you... yeah, right. You could so make a barren seeking... woman fertile, right? She mm-hmm. went seeking, seeking that kind of help,
1: seeking a miracle. Mm-hmm. that he could provide uh long story short she she gave him poisoned wine and slit his throat yeah. like double double really wanting him dead right yeah um I'm not just going to go with the poison we're going to slit your throat too both uh so the, she goes running out they never found her Never caught her. He died. Um, a lot of other stuff happened that I'm not too interested in in talking about. Maybe you are scared, then, but uh, there's there's the, the whole motive of of who killed him? Did some, did the crown send someone to kill him? Did, you know, King Jahari's people send someone. Uh, was it uh, Lord Hightower in Old Town? He was afraid to sally forth and actually fight these people because he was worried about fighting against Pius, the pious, even though these guys are as far from pious as you can be.
0: Yeah, um, I have I have, I have an alternate feeling on House Hightower, as I always do. Um, Biden's well, time? <laughs> yeah, first of all, let's say it's just too bad that Rogar didn't take his army and run through these people, because if he had, he would have raised the average collective IQ of Westeros by about 100 points. If he'd have just <laughs> swept the field of all these idiots. but Which um, he was willing to do. Willing to do, just didn't want to because he would have lost some men, right? Just not being cavalier with lives, good for him. Um, and he would have to fight Oakheart and Rowan. Yes. Uh, as a reader that doesn't have to deal with any of that human carnage, uh, I wanted him to do it. But, mm-hmm. but House Hightower and the Hightower himself, uh, Donald the Delayer, they end up calling him, I think. Um hmm much like many high towers, historically and going forward, he's just kind of waiting. He's not acting until he has to. When he has to do something, he will. But this isn't really hurting him, right? Yeah. So yep. Well, I'm not going to do anything. He's Let fine. Let the crown handle it. We're fine in here. Yep. You know. So, so no, no, but no benefits doing it. Yeah.
1: I am. I, I think I lean more to the. Uh... Oakheart and Rowan getting together and doing it.
0: Yeah, I I, I lean toward the Starry Sept doing it themselves, which isn't actually yeah. something that George suggested. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this the, you know, the Septon in there getting tired of these upstarts, new king. Times are changing. Yep, let's, let's just let's let's be done with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I can see that with being Oakhart and Rowan being like, "Dude, what did we get ourselves into?" Yeah,
0: that's the my, longer that's... we
1: we we stay and support him, the the harder it's going to be to come crawling back to King Jahari's. Like, right, let's cut our losses.
0: Yeah, they're my backup pick. Yeah, Rowan and okay. sending her, Yeah.
1: But anyways, the uh, the way is now open, and King Jaehaerys travels to Old Town, where he is anointed by the High Septon in uh, 48 AC. Uh, his anointing was followed by seven days of feasting and essentially a reconciliation of the faith. So um, two things that happened here, but actually only one that was brought up in fire and blood. So there was a man who kind of led the the warrior's sons. That's who Joffrey Doggett led, right, Scad?
0: Sir Joffrey Doggett, yep.
1: And um, he came to Aegon's, or Jaehaerys' coronation and anointing and all of that. And he was seen as an enemy to the crown, having led the warrior's sons, kind of as a an outlaw since the warrior's sons had been outlawed. Um, so it was kind of seen as almost dangerous. And he came there with a little bit of animosity, it felt like. But jahari's um, and they wanted to get he he basically wanted the warriors' sons to be reinstated, as did some other people. Uh, you had Lucinda Tolly and, and others who really thought that the faith should have this protection. Jaehaerys respond, responded by saying, the faith has no need of swords. They have my protection, the protection of the Iron Throne. This is the quote I read at the beginning. I shall not wage war against my own peeper, people, but neither shall I tolerate treason and rebellion. And what he ends up doing is uh, he says, the warrior's sons are no more and your vows to them are at an end but your service need not be. I have a place for you. And he offers Joffrey Doggett, this enemy of the crown, a place in his Kingsguard. And Joffrey yeah. accepts, rather humbly and kind of beautifully. There's a beautiful picture in Fire and Blood of him kneeling and laying his sword down. The illustration's lovely. And he's he's got a tear running down his face and everything. Yeah, I think
0: it mentions and, he uh, cries. Yeah. Yep. And he's kind and, of, it's kind of a bit, I don't know. Part of part of me is like, "Ah, sell out." You know. <laughs> Should have gone down swinging. Uh, well, but, but and but also a good choice by Jay Harris to try to, you know, to take a, you know, put your money where your mouth is. You want to unify the faith? Mm-hmm. Bring this guy in. That's a very symbolic gesture of how much how how interested you are in in embracing the faith. He's literally embracing totally. one of its leading members here. Um, and that's that goes a long way with the small folk, I imagine that are that are involved in those in those systems. Could have gone terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Stuff, but Sir Joffrey Doggett did decide to just cut him down, but he didn't.
1: Yep. Yeah, they said there was a, a moment of worry when Joffrey drew his sword in front of Jaharis that he was just going to go after him, but instead he he knelt he knelt, um, and that's but, it shows it shows that Joffrey was in it for the right reasons. Yes the faith you know being protected um and and like you said it also showed that j was putting his money where his mouth was so
0: yeah i mean it depends on what you mean by like uh the right reasons you know i mean mostly what they're fighting against i mean in the end it became about butchery and betrayal and things like that that people was doing but originally it was just about bad marriages right and (laughs) which you know incest is not great um but it's kind of part of the time for this story. So you know it's, that whole conflict with the faith is—it's complicated. Um, it's touchy. Yeah. But you know he stuck by his principles till the end, which is which is. But good. in the end,
1: yeah, he's 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 doing okay. The faith is in good hands apparently with the Iron Throne. This Je- Harry's guy seems all right enough that he's bringing me in. Yeah. Then I I can be okay with this. I can get behind this. Um, it's interesting. And, Fire- Fire and Blood kind of almost gives the impression, at least to this reader, that that was kind of it, and at that point, reconciliation had occurred. Uh, It glosses over a part that's actually in the world of ice and fire, that it's kind of weird, because usually it's the world of ice and fire that's glossing over everything and fire and blood gives greater detail, too. Yeah. But the world of ice and fire actually mentions that as part of this reconciliation, um, Jahari's Dispatched Septon Barth who was his friend to Old Town to speak with the high Septon and it was Septon Barth and the high Septon That negotiated back and forth and it says in the in the book began to forge a lasting agreement in agreement for the last few stars and sores putting down their weapons and agreeing to accept outside justice the high Septon received King Jaharis's sworn oath that the iron throne would always protect and defend the faith and in this way the great schism between crown and faith was forever healed.
0: Interesting. So interesting. Yeah, that that, that goes that that's I like that a lot better with that detail. I mean, just refusing to reinstate the swords and stars, uh as the poor fellows and warrior sons are called, um feels feels not embracing, but if, if they had discussions and kind mm-hmm. of went through it all that, that seems better.
1: Right, and of course, we'd be... it's interesting that that's in the world of Ice and Fire. Yes, yeah, but... Ice
0: and Fire is usually World of Ice and Fire is usually much lighter on the details. Mm. Also, just we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that Cersei undoes this in A Song of Ice and Fire*. Yes. It'll be really interesting to see what effect that has. You can kind of already see it happening um, if you're looking closely in the story. Uh, you know, know your history, kids. Cause she's gonna rue this. I guarantee it.
1: Oh, Cersei, I miss her. You're alone. I miss, I miss Cersei. I miss the reading, crazy. I love it.
0: Her chapters is mania, and it's exhausting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and to me, it became entertaining. I loved uh, I it. Just I loved some, reading yeah. Cersei's chapters. Some. But I could see the the mania. Mm-hmm.
0: But can you imagine when? when the girls gone canon have to go through the Cersei chapters like doing them oh, it's like one after another it's gonna be i will have to uh
1: it's gonna maybe, be can't miss listening
0: they will be in my thoughts
1: yep as you all are so the king departs old town for king's landing now things are official uh his sister Raina stayed long enough to see him be crowned. And then she returns to Fair Isle Lord Farman's castle. Uh, More on her later. Um, It does point out something kind of interesting here just at the end of this section that Queen Raina ditches her, her daughters and goes to Fair Isle by herself and leaves her daughters um, who takes care of them officially. Just, the people at the Red keep. Yeah, I guess they're part of the royal family. I imagine Alyssa's she's under, their grandmother.
0: Yeah, I imagine she's under their protection by Alyssa in the household, yeah.
1: Oh, it just bugs me.
0: Yep.
1: I'm dealing with kind of a an issue in our family to not get into too great a detail where not in my immediate family in my ex- extended family, where there's been some abandonment by a mother of small children. And so I'm especially sensitive to things like this. And it very much upsets me that she just ditched her daughters. But whatever, it's fiction. Um, But kind of interesting, before it said that the twins, these two twins have been mirror images of each other in appearance, but not in temperament. Rayella was said to be bold and willful, a terror to the septas who had been given charge of her. Now, had had been given to the faith. She was going to... Um, she lived in old town and was eventually going to become a septa. Uh Araya, her twin sister, had been known as more shy and timid, much given to tears and fears. Uh, frightened of horses, dogs, boys, <laughs> men with beards, dancing, dragons, anything. So, but what happened was on their way back to King's Landing, um, you know, Rayella stayed at Old Town. And Araya went back to King's Landing, but it seemed like their personalities had completely changed. Scott, what happened?
0: Yeah, uh, Rayella it's like, it's was like all para-tram. of a sudden
1: the quiet one. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly with, what with I ha- thought of. And Areia was the the bold one. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So obviously, what happened is they switched the two kids.
0: Um, said afterward, you, the... you, you said they switched the two kids. You think someone did that, or you think they just did it? I wonder if the two girls did it now. They're
1: only like six or seven years old at this time. Yeah. And I've got a six year old and I can't
0: imagine him thinking of that. Yeah. It's George once again, kind of taking the, (laughs) taking the ages of the kids out of the, out of the equation, just Uh allowing them to succeed. Uh, now it, it could have been
1: someone like Alyssa or maybe even their mother, Rihanna. Um, Because where these girls stand is they're next in the line of secession. If Jahari's goes, they're next in line. And Rayella, being a little bit more bold and willful, would be seen as a better ruler than the more timid Area. And so switching the two of them and putting Area over to become a Septa and Rayella grooming her for potential leadership one day maybe makes sense.
0: The way you just put it there made me think of maybe it's Rogar doing it. Because he, he is kind of in the next sections as we'll see kind of focused on making sure there's an heir in place and uh right. the realm to rights and uh-huh. he might have just kind of pulled a little switcheroo himself and been. And uh, this is a change Good that point. I would think the kids would both have been amenable to. Um, yep. So oh, yeah, he might totally. have just been like hey, what do you guys think about this? And just done it yep. um, without telling mm-hmm. maybe others. But it's also, it's it stretches it stretches credulity, right? I mean, you know, you know these kids. I mean, you know them at least a little. It's not you know, I'm married to a twin. You you, you, you can tell them apart. <laughs> I've <got twins>. Yeah. <laughs> well, are, yeah, they don't yeah, look mine are exactly political. like, but yeah. But, but you can tell them apart. It's not, it's, it strains it strains,
1: you know, suspend your disbelief, I guess, but Well, but it's one of those things too, Scad that it's like people know, but they're not going to say anything.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Everyone just kind of accepts it.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Everyone in the king and queen's party anyways. They're like, well, this is just how it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. uh, And I think that's – okay, so we close it out within the moon's turn of being crowned. King Jaehaerys had reconciled the Iron Throne to the faith and put an end to the bloodshed that had troubled the reigns of his uncle and father. Yeah. So, footnote, uh, all the poor fellows, um, rather than executing them, uh, Jaehaerys gave the option of joining the Night's Watch, which they did.
0: Indeed. Indeed he did.
1: Most of them, yeah.
0: All right, well, let's, let's roll then. Let's roll ourselves right to two weddings and an orgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a quote for uh, Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. The 49th year after Aegon's conquest gave the people of Westeros a welcome respite from the chaos and conflict that had gone before. It would be a year of peace, plenty, and marriage, remembered in the Annals of the Seven Kingdoms oh. as the year of the Three Brides.
0: You said Annals.
1: I know. Did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Our Anal Three Brides. First of all, <laughs> Raina gets annals okay, hitched. Annals, guys? Annals, annals. I know how to pronounce it. Raina's getting hitched, everybody. What do you do when conflict is over and you're no longer handcuffed to your crazy uncle through marriage?
2: You There's settle!
0: You, yeah. <laughs> you settle for an easy life and an unthreatening marriage far away from the prying eyes of your crazy family. Uh, that's what Raina does anyway. And I, I, I can't say that I blame her, really. It's hard to remember, though, Matt. Just, just from memory, how old do you think Rayana is here? Oh, gosh. um, 20s? 26. But she feels a lot older, right? Yeah, she's lived a lot of life. She's been, she's done a lot. Twice she's, widowed. Yep, twice widowed. One of them forcefully married, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, lost her, one of her best friends and husband to a rebellion has been away from her family for much of her life. Um, been riding a dragon since she was, you know, basically, a, well, not a toddler, but a young girl. Um, she's, she's lived a lot as you put it. Um, anyway, her choice for a spouse is Andro Farman. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man 17. So not really even a man. Um, he's about as boring as, as his name sounds. Um, the wedding is lightly attended, notably missing her her aforementioned family. Uh, there are a lot of her old friends around: Samantha Stokeworth and Elaine Royce, her new bestie Alyssa Farman, um, but but not a whole lot of other people. It's mostly Lannisters and, and and Westermen. Now, royal marriages are usually kind of a big deal and used to create relationships and forge a line. This is all tale of the oldest time. Everyone knows this stuff. But they're used to forge alliances, right? To create strength in the realm. To embolden relationships and do all these things. But Rayna didn't even ask. She just nope. she just got married.
1: Yeah, she's done with, with this... Uh, doing what she's supposed to thing.
0: Exactly. She's got a mind. She's like she's Prince Harry. Now. Yeah, Prince... Sure. I don't follow it. it. <laughs> is that a... I guess that's a thing. It's with Me- yes. Megan somebody? Megan... Uh, Megan Markle Meghan, that one yeah
1: I don't I don't know it super well either, but I know that like there's a growing rift that like Prince yeah. Harry's not like taking all this old you know centuries of tradition thing and he's starting to <laughs> do his own thing a little bit but
0: you better be careful because people are gonna catch on and they'll be like yeah, why do we even have you? Yo, what's going on? <laughs> what why are you important? This whole royal family thing? Let's get with the oh times man. everyone because you do nothing. <laughs> All right, sorry. Those people in England that are now uh God no save the Queen. Listening. God save the something. Uh Anyway, Lord Rogar is incensed. Maybe wanting to marry Rana to one of his younger brothers, maybe? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, for their part, though, Ray and his siblings, Jay Harris and Allison, are just happy for her. But then, they might have ulterior motives more on that later. Um, so, now, we, after that wedding, we move into a, a little, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Jay Harris and Alyssa begin appointing people to serve them, right? They got a new government, they yep. gotta bring people in. I'll spare you the details, but they spread the wealth. They spread the wealth, basically. They make sure that Megor Loyalists are represented, that the faith is taken care of, that other regions of Westeros are also represented. They kind of try to make sure everyone's got a little piece of the pie. Uh, and the conciliator. Yeah. That's right, conciliator. He's instrumental in all of this stuff. Um, uh, it's just kind of also further evidence of how his rule is going to go. Careful, considered, fair, like you said, conciliatory. Um, but we should keep in mind the final say on all this stuff really was managed by the Queen Regent, his mother Alyssa, And the Hand of the King, Lord Rogar Baratheon. And then we get a little bit of Mm -hmm. history about Rogar. Rogar was a beast. Generally considered a good man. He was uh, a kind of one-man wrecking crew in battle. He didn't fight with a sword. He fought with a giant, hefty axe. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds us of some other Baratheons that fight with non-swords. Yeah. Um, And he was long rumored to have craved a one-on-one battle with Magor.
2: He. Poor guy. (laughs) He helped.
0: Yeah, I know. I would love to see that. He helped deliver the throne for Jay Harris, and it wasn't really debated when he was named Hand. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, you put yourself out there. But some did worry that it would really be him that was king, right? He's got a young boy that's in his minority. Is Lord Rogar really the one that's going to be in charge? And it created a bit of a stir even more when he married the king's mother as well, pulling him in that Whoa. much closer to that Targaryen line. That is a mad flex, my friend. It is, yes, mad, a mad flex. flex. <laughs> and for somebody that's muscled uh, like the bull, as they say, uh, which reminded me of, of uh, Triple B, muscled like a maiden's fantasy, yep. um, you know, he's perfectly willing and able to flex, as you say. So it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a strange pair, but you know, remember the Baratheons have Targaryen blood, not that far back, like a nope. couple, a couple generations,
1: right? Yeah, he's the grandson of Oris, who we covered in our last episode.
0: Correct, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it could be easy to see that maybe he was making a play for the throne, but it doesn't. Spoilers for later in this episode. It doesn't really seem like that was his goal. He is kind of wanting to make sure things go his way and things are done a certain way, but he doesn't ever really make a play for the crown. No. However... Go ahead.
1: I was just agreeing oh. with you.
0: Oh, no. So... So the queen gets a hand. Suffice to say, Harris hey. didn't love it, right? He thought he should have been consulted. He's not a huge fan of Rogar to begin with. Yes, he helped him to the claim, but, you know, he's he's got faults uh, that... that Jay Harris is wise at 14 enough to see. Um, mm-hmm. But he didn't really see that it was his place to object since he didn't object to Ray his marriage. And, you know, the match kind of makes some sense. Respect, at least, between Alyssa and Rogar. It helps settle some nerves in the kingdom as there's still some struggle. Some are still struggling with the idea of a boy king. You know, the idea yeah. of Alyssa, who comes from the Valerian line uh, and, and was... You know, Queen to Anis, um, and has experience there. And Rogar, who's seen as a capable uh, man militarily and also just a forceful personality, it seems like a capable alliance to rule until Jay Harris was ready.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. At least on paper, it seems like a really good match for right. running the kingdom in the interim, waiting for a king to come of age.
0: Absolutely. Uh, now we get a little bit, Kalasar, of a dip into history to just kind of remind us how shitty it's been for Alyssa recently Oh boy, um, she was a charmed child, she was picked early basically to be the first non-Targaryen queen since Aegon's conquest uh, remember Aegon was married to his sisters no need to find a queen elsewhere but Aenys and Maegor had no no sisters and so they had to pick pick somebody else, they picked a Valyrian which is about as close as you can get to a Targaryen, they can spit uh, on the Valyrian islands from where Dragonstone is uh and then they picked a high tower a very you know respected house with power and money but um so she was the first queen and she had a great marriage as, as we kind of said earlier with anus they made some lovely kids but all hit the fan when Megor took over he killed her eldest son uh when he rose up he uh widowing her eldest daughter in the process obviously he named her second son his heir only to have him tortured and murdered later and Alyssa and her youngest children, Jay Harris and Ann, were then prisoners on Dragonstone at the whims of Visenya. That didn't break her down, though, and as soon as she got the opportunity, she fled from Dragonstone, taking Dark Sister with her, and mm-hmm. was hiding for a few years, hiding out, before turning up at Storm's End in the protection of Lord Rogar. He was the first to support J.A. Harris's claim, and it's kind of nice in that, you know, now that they're both kind of getting another chance at happiness together, that this kind of kind of kind of came to be this way but Matt it's kind of now I'm wondering if I should have checked World of Ice and Fire to see if there were more details in there do we know there's what not. they did because there's like a couple years in there missing from between yep, when, when exactly. they leave and when they show up at Storm's End
2: mm-hmm.
0: any thoughts?
1: there's really not very much information
0: Uh, I think some of
1: it was uh, convincing Alyssa that, <clears throat> and and maybe even Jahari's that this was the right path to take, and maybe even doing some preparation of Jahari's.
0: I mean, the, the word is yeah, that they really went don't to Essence, right? That they hung out there for a couple mm-hmm. of years before showing. Up yeah, but then that. we
1: don't really see. We really don't see much of, of that influence at all, it seems like. No. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, any, they're kind any, of lost years.
0: Any other time. I mean, it's two years. It's not an insignificant, you know, this isn't like a sleepover. Any other time we see anybody stop for even like a second in Bravos or Lys or anywhere else, there's like, yeah, let me get it on some of that power you got over there in Westeros. Right? Like, mm-hmm. they're trying to, like, latch on and get influenced in some way, and nothing. We don't get anything out of it. I wonder yep. if, if George just, you know, pay no mind to the man behind the curtain, kind of, or whether he's actually got something that happened in those two years that he doesn't want to reveal yet, or something.
1: Is something, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Something. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. Good question. Anyway,
0: they're gonna get married. They're getting hitched. They bonded while, while bringing... Jaharas to the throne. They're a good partnership ruling the realm, and they're going to get married. And the wedding is stupid, elaborate, people. Uh, they came from everywhere. There were seven days of feasts, a mock sea battle, and more. Uh, that wasn't the only reason people came, though. Uh, some wanted to meet with and curry favor with the king, the hand, or the queen. Um, Jaharas himself offered to meet with whoever wanted to. And 120 or so lords took him up on it. And they all came in. Yeah wondering what he was going to be like and they left in, with various versions of impressed um, there's yep. a, few, a few quotes here one said in in a complimentary way he's not his father's son uh, he listens well but says little laughs often and freely even at himself which is a great quality mm-hmm. uh, he's witty good humored, gentle soft spoken cautious shrewd all those adjectives being used by various people and he's the sort of king any lord should be proud to kneel to. So. Wow,
1: this guy by, seems too good to be true, Scad.
0: Yeah, by all accounts, he's impressing everybody that comes in contact with him in various ways. For you know, by doing different things and behaving different ways. But it sounds like all naturally, not putting on airs or pretending. It seems yeah. like he's just impressing people. Um, mm-hmm. Rogar. Uh, he did other things with people. That Does
1: not do him. any of those things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he feasted, <laughs> he drank, he hawked. Look, I like it's funny to compare them because this is the Baratheon way. This is exactly yep. what Triple B would have done. Make friends through these fun activities. Make them love me by buying him a drink, right? He was heavily involved in the tourney that occurred, participated, and he participated in one night of extreme debauchery in which he deflowered four maidens from the pleasure houses of lease procured by his brothers which is yeah this is before his the before his wedding right this the night of the night before his wedding
1: and the book makes it sound like well he couldn't deflower his wife because she'd already been married so he had to deflower somebody
0: it's so gross Matt. i literally said yuck when i read that for that sentence.
1: exactly Like, just
0: because it's not a virgin, (laughs) you get some sort of side compensation? Come on. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, he's right. Heck of a bachelor party there. Yeah, so his brothers (sighs) also took part and deflowered some maidens of their own, and the women that brought the maidens, and... It's an orgy. Yep. Uh, Not in an orgy. Uh, Alice Ann was also thrust into the limelight to entertain the ladies mm-hmm. that showed up. So Alyssa was busy with wedding prep and getting all the details set, so Alice Ann basically had to kind of entertain the ladies that showed up. She's only 13, and she dined and supped with different ladies every meal, sailed the Blackwater, rode horses, did everything she could. Uh, did a great in, job. Yeah, to entertain people. It was kind of also really kind of <clears throat> her introduction. She was, as a kid, kind of overshadowed by her siblings. She was never the heir. Right, she was considered pretty, but not beautiful. She was always considered clever, witty enough to be a maester. It was said, but she was kind of she was kind of never the focus of attention. And and this is kind of her coming out party, if you will. It says yeah. that she enchanted those that met her, which is nice.
1: It makes me wonder if Jahari's and Alisan always being so close, like they were, if they had prob maybe talked about this prior to this happening as making a concerted effort to get themselves out there and yeah. liked by the people. Are they too young to to do that? I don't know. Too young to consider that? I don't know. But it just seems like both of them, you know, stepped up to the plate and did yeah. a good job and went a long way in endearing themselves to the different lords and their ladies.
0: Yeah, they did a great job. And again, kind of prelude to what their rule will be like. So, yeah. uh, in the end, over 40,000 people attended the Golden Wedding, which is what they call this this shindig. Uh, it brought tons of business to King La- King's Landing. The groom was powerful in his antlered half-helm, and the bride a splendor to behold in a cloak honoring both her Targaryen family and her Valerion family. Uh, mm-hmm. But the crowds were silenced, and the bride and groom overshadowed when J.A. Harris and Alysanne descended from the skies on Vermothor and Silverwing, landing side-by-side side near the wedding party in the dragon pit. A truly glorious moment, Matt. And the wedding went off without a hitch.
2: Yeah.
1: Nothing bad happened. No one died. It's not a Dothraki wedding.
0: It was not a Dothraki wedding. Thank goodness. And I wonder too, uh, if that little stunt with the dragons wasn't just you know, a nice moment, but also remember Aegon rode around with his dragon to be like, hey, Remember I got this guy. Just remember. Uh, just yep. remember, back pocket. Mm-hmm. This these forty thousand people are reminded exactly how big and powerful Vermithor is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just be like, I listened to you guys and you just you know we had some good chats, but just remember yeah. who I got. I also put down a note that maybe it was a little um flex back at Rogue Gar.
0: Mm. I'm in control here, buddy. Yeah, you may, you may marry have married my, my mother, mom. but mm-hmm.
1: yeah. and didn't talk to me about it. But yeah, look you. who I got between my legs.
0: <clears throat> wow.
1: Yep, I said it. All right. Um, Shall we talk about uh, some other things that happened at the uh, seven days of celebration? Let's do it, man. All right. So, a quote to kick us off here. I want the knights, this is Queen uh, Lyssa talking, I want the knights protecting my son to be the finest to be found anywhere in Westeros. True, honest men whose loyalty and courage is unquestioned. Let them win their cloaks with deeds of arms, whilst all the realm looks on. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Kingsguard, as you can imagine.
2: Yay.
1: Yeah, so in the I seven days... <laughs> This is going to make you like him anymore. Actually, these guys aren't too bad, huh? No, they're not. Uh, seven days of tourney that followed the wedding, as Scat alluded to, is big grand celebration, and they're going to keep the party going even after the wedding's over. Uh, but it becomes apparent that Jaheri still – he doesn't have a king's guard. He's got Joffrey Doggett, yeah. and he's got a guy named Giles Morrigan. Giles Morgan who uh, is Lord Commander, which I thought was kind of weird, by the way, that he defeats another dude in Trial of Combat. This is back earlier in the in the reading section. And he gets made Lord Commander of the Kingsguard for it. Yes. I don't know. Seems like a, a big leap. Um, anyways. Agreed. So Alyssa's like, this is a great opportunity. We've got all these lords. We've got all these uh, knights and retainer. We've got tons of people in King's Landing. Let's use this as an opportunity to find your new Kingsguard. And rather than you just pick or, or make political choices, let's have them be chosen via the tourney. The, the 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 men that do best in the tourney win a spot. So there's five spots open in the Kingsguard. And so top five – get in. Uh, Jaharis agreed he liked the idea, but added the wrinkle that applicants, those who want to be in the Kingsguard, should compete in the melee rather than uh, jousting. Jousting's usually the main event. But he's like, men who would do harm to their king seldom attack on horseback with a lance in hand. Maybe they should. I mean, (laughs) I'm always open to new ideas. Uh, But uh, they're going to try, so the guys who do the best in the melee basically the last five guys standing they're in yeah
0: easy right it's interesting I, just real quick before we move on to some of those some of these characters that i'm sure you're going to move on to uh it's an interesting contrast with visenya who when they chose the original king's guard for aegon she didn't want necessarily the best fighters yeah she wanted loyalty so this mm-hmm. is an interesting contrast there
1: yeah, it is really interesting. And it's interesting later to see um the loyalty that these men still have towards Jaharis. I'm referring to Jaharis' yes. wedding coming up here shortly. Um, so it says a lot about Jaharis that he was able to take these these fighters and mold them into men who were very loyal to him. But you're right, that is an interesting comparison. There were hundreds of competitors. It said the melee lasted seven full days. Um, the knights who remained standing proved themselves second to none in valor, chivalry, and skill at arms. Only one was the scion of a lordly house, Sir Lawrence Roxton from the Reach. Two were sworn swords. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you don't need to know their names. But Victor the Valiant, uh, Sir William Willem the Wasp, uh, they've got a young champion, Pate the Woodcock. who fought fought with a spear instead of a sword. He's cool. Um, They didn't know whether he was a knight at all, but he was so skillful that Joffrey Doggett just dubbed him a knight himself. Well, you're a knight now, buddy. Here you go. Uh, And he was named. The eldest champion now was a grizzled hedge knight named Samgood of Sour Hill. He was 63. 63. Uh, so kind of this different crew, um, guys from all over the place, but uh, it was rightly said that never did any Targaryen possess a Kingsguard who could equal the boy king's first seven.
2: Can, can I,
0: so the spear thing threw me off uh, mm-hmm. with him fighting in the melee with a spear. Mm-hmm. How do you think melees actually work? Like with tourneys, they always talk about like the lances are blunted or whatever. Like, are all the weapons blunted?
1: I think so. Is this
0: like LARPing, where it's just on the honesty policy? Like, you get hit in the arm and you tuck your arm back behind you if you lose it? Like, is there some judge calling people out? Like, Mm -hmm. you got hit in this heart, you're done. Or, mortal wound, you're out. Or, like, you're still okay, but move at half speed. Like, what is going on here? How How do they determine when you're, like, knocked out? Do you actually have to beat someone into submission where they can't move anymore? That's
1: the impression I've gotten from from other accounts of melees is that they really do beat the snot out of each other.
0: In which case then, how does a spear work? It's not uh, like think, a it's not a battering weapon of any kind, right? Yeah. It's like how like how did he do this?
1: I see the spear as me being in this case more of a defensive, defensive weapon weapon, yeah. That you can hold people off. Yeah. long enough to become the last one standing but uh who knows if he was maybe pulling some uh, little john from robin hood and knocking guys in the nose with it you know yeah. two-handing it right into a dude's face or something but i see it more as he was able to hold people off because they only had swords which were obviously shorter yeah and so it's harder for them to get in close right
0: yeah it just it, it's it strikes me as like this whole thing like it how many people would actually end up with mortal wounds from this kind of <laughs> this kind of adventure? It it, it doesn't seem efficient. Nope. when you join attorney, like on Lance, like okay, there are, accidents do happen and people get hurt, but usually you fall on your ass and that's the worst thing that happens. Yeah, this maybe is some like, bruising. Yep. Yeah, this is, you're taking your life in your hands. Somebody's going to literally ring your bell with a hammer. And beat you down until you're not moving anymore. They don't know mm-hmm. whether you're dead or not. Like, it feels irresponsible. Which is funny
1: because... And it's not even the most popular yes. event of a tourney. So it's like... Is it worth it? Yeah. You're gonna The winnings are going to be less. And you have the potential to get a lot more hurt.
0: Also, yeah, it like... doesn't make sense that it would last seven days either. Like, even if there's a hundred dudes. If they're all fighting at once...
1: I see it more of like, uh, yeah, this Breaks or something. obviously doesn't work um, or like they're they're put into groups. Yeah, maybe. Like 50 of them are in a group and the top five that come out of that move on to the next round. Like Gladiator fight.
0: style almost. Yeah.
1: And then they, they keep whittling down the groups, smaller and smaller groups until you get the end. Boom.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, George, we want to read that. How do melees work? A
1: manual. I think it's just a great big LARP, like you said.
0: (laughs) I got you! Did not! (laughs) No, it didn't touch me. It didn't touch me. I got your pant leg. I've never LARPed. to be clear. We could have it way wrong. But I have seen that Paul Rudd movie with LARPing in it.
1: That's exactly what's in my mind right now. (laughs) That guy.
2: Uh,
0: That guy.
1: Hmm. Oh, great. Now I'm feeling hot and bothered <laughs> uh so after this wedding we need to move right on to the next thing so jaharis has uh king's now he needs a wife man uh you know he needs to start having kids principally because rain rain uh rain is the heir or, or ran his kids are the heirs and they would inherit so there's plenty of ideas out there Rogar floats the idea of kind of uniting Westeros with Essos by having Rogar by having Jaehaerys marry the daughter of the Archon of Tyrosh right awful idea yeah the Lysene Spring taught us plenty about that plan Um, although that happened after this way after this Uh, Queen Alyssa proposed he marry someone who supported Aegon um The Grand Maester says, no, he should marry someone of a great house, you know, high respectability, but who didn't really take sides in the Magor aegon conflict. Um, There's all sorts of things, daughters, little sisters, tons of options. Uh, (laughs) Jaehaerys, for his part, would have picked his sister Alysanne, no problem. But Alyssa in particular was worried, you know, rightfully so, about the, the realm and the reaction excuse me of the realm at large as well as the faith um septon Matthias said this would be if if alisan married Jaheris, it would be seen as a grievous affront to the pious yeah uh, yeah i get it um alisan was promised also to orin baratheon uh <laughs> But I love this line. But like many such arrangements through the ages, their plan was soon undone, for they had grievously underestimated the will and determination of Alicent Targaryen and her young king, Jaehaerys. Yeah. Right? So Alicent Alicent. Our time. I love it. I love, look at these two little star-crossed sibling lovers. Hmm.
0: <laughs> they're not like star-crossed. They're like in the crib together. But yeah.
1: Right. Uh, At the dinner table together. Allison finds out that she's been promised to Oren Baratheon. She goes to Jaehaerys. Jaehaerys calls his Kingsguard together and appealing to their loyalty, commands them to covertly meet him at Dragonstone. And then that night, that very night, under cover of darkness, uh, King Jaehaerys and Princess Alysanne mount their dragons. Uh, remember, uh, Jaehaerys is on Vermithor and Alysanne on Silverwing. And they depart the Red Keep for Dragonstone. And reportedly the first words the young king spoke upon landing were, I have need of a
0: Ooh boy. <laughs> oh, I have some thoughts. Uh okay. First of all, bring your kids into the discussion. Yep. Right?
1: Communication issues is going to come back to bite you yeah, every single time.
0: Especially when you've seen that you've got capable kids
1: with mm-hmm. good heads
0: on their shoulders. Great kids. Talk to them. Now, I'm not Great saying it would kids. have worked. Jay Harris probably would not have been convinced that he should be marrying anyone but Allison. Yep. But but talking about it, it's still better than this behind the back stuff. It's mm-hmm. almost never the right way to go. Um, I you know they could have gone with. It seems to me like the best pairing would have been a loyalist with Jay Harris, and a friend of Megor with Alisan to kind of just again take a middle a middle road, right? Announce them together, and make it like a package deal. Picking Rogar's brother for Alisan seems it's super the same idea as Alyssa's, but worse. They're picking. A loyalist, and, you know, the guy in charge's brother. It's nepotism to the max. It's awful. Bad choice. Um, but, you know, again, the communication thing is the key. Just like Viserys 50, 50 years from now, I think, you can quiet a lot of shit just by being very clear early on. Just
1: talk it through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, Viserys is just like, No! Rhaenyra is the heir, you dumbasses! That's it. You know, like, make it very clear. Uh, and then just dragons, man. Dragons enable so much. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much tougher this would have been to pull off if they were to do this in the city. Or sneak aboard a boat themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and sail there.
0: Like, so much easier with dragons. Dragons are... They're not just Death Stars, they're like... Mobile. I guess Death Stars are mobile. Anyway, they're awesome.
1: The grand enablers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's all I got. You got yeah. anything else in this section? Nah. Nah. It's great. It one
1: hand, great. I'm like, you, you two go get it. Go get it. I just got to put aside the fact that they're siblings. You know, you just got to ignore that in the whole Song of Ice and Fire world. <laughs> Try to.
0: And young. The, both and very young. Two yeah. things you just have to aside, although we'll, we'll get to something interesting on that count in a minute. Sure um, will. Okay. We'll go right into the wedding then. A wedding and a standoff. Two for the price yeah. of one. Yeah. You got a quote? But Do not think that you shall unmake this
1: marriage. We are one now, and neither gods nor men shall part
0: us. Well, way to spoil it, Matt. Yeah, they get married. You betcha. Uh, not just any septon. As kind of covered already, the faith isn't all about these incestuous marriages. But the Septon here, Septon Oswick, J and A know he's familiar with the Targaryen custom. And he might not put up a fight. And they were right. They get there, I have need of a Septon, and he does a simple ceremony after waiting a few days for the Kingsguard to arrive. And they're wet on Dragonstone. And from Kingsguard, common folk, dragons, garrison, servants, they feasted and toasted. But they did not consummate. Hmm. Well, thank goodness. Well, well, I guess the normal thing would have been to consummate. I, I think it's an interesting choice. I mean, they are both technically, I mean, again, putting aside all the gross things in our society, uh, they are both of age according to Westerosi customs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good hmm. for them, you know, for waiting and like, Being respectful of each other and taking their own, you know, readiness at heart. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Rogar's brother Orin wouldn't have waited, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I am serious, this is a weird choice. How many marriages have we seen? And how many of them do they wait? Tyrion's is the only one I can think of. Tyrion and Sansa. And and it's a weird circumstance. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird choice. I, I I I can't help but think that George is trying to say something with it. Hmm. What do you think? Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's uh, maybe it's something as simple as yeah, these guys are thinkers. They're gonna right. do things carefully in the right way. They're mm-hmm. above the rest of us. They're not just any old Targaryens. And I, I you know, I hate to be, you know worshiping at, at the statues or whatever but jaharis and Alisan are rock stars and maybe this is just a little head nod to george like you know that custom that sucks that every one of my readers hates these two are above it because they're special
1: yeah and it does mention later that um, jaharis and Alisan were very interested in showing that their union was something that they took seriously and wasn't something that they were just doing, you know, out of young love and lust and, and wanting to be married so they could seal the deal that this was very calculated. And this was a very serious commitment that was beyond sex and all of, you know, those types of traditions and was something that they, you know, took very seriously.
0: Yeah. But, but even so, like, all of that is great, and I love. Mm-hmm. It. But in the situation they're in, where they know they're going to get resistance for this marriage, yeah, even more reason to consummate, even yeah. if they don't want to.
1: Maybe we need to do this just to right. say that we did it. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I'm getting uncomfortable talking about it. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, well, but you get the point. It's 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 weird. It's a weird choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. You know what else struck me as a little weird just before you move on? Sure. Uh, not on the topic of sex. Uh it says that the Kingsguard arrived a few days later.
2: Yeah.
1: I thought it a little odd that no one like came after yeah.
2: them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh well, notice they're gone.
1: Like Alyssa Where and Rogar. Are Where are did Jaharry's and Alison go? Yeah. Where and did you? the Kingsguard like go like well, they couldn't go like, well, I don't know, because then they'd get in trouble. Then it's on them. Well
0: for... they, they left immediately. They left that night. To go to Dragonstone. They sailed that night. Oh, I thought that was Jaheris and Alison that They both left. well we can we can pull up the we can pull up the passage, but I think they left yeah. immediately. It's just sailing to Dragonstone takes, you know, a couple days. And dra- flying by Dragonstone is, you know, pretty. Oh, immediate.
1: I, I didn't think it took that long.
0: Well um, give, me, give me a second and I'll find
1: yeah, it. Yeah, I guess best we both could. I sorry, I hate to back us into a corner.
0: No, that's okay. But,
1: but it was kinda like wait a second. No one cared that they were gone?
0: He instructed them to sail at once for Dragonstone. Or to okay. to meet them shortly. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of doesn't make sense. Um, it sounds like they would get there first, where he would meet them shortly. But really, they're going to meet him there, because he's going to get there first. But he said to go at once, which I took to mean like that night. Maybe they went the next day. Which, even the next day would make your point. Somebody would be like, where is the king? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's been gone for hours. I don't know. And then so they're they... like, you're the Kingsguard. How can <laughs> you not know? Yeah. Dude, it's paid the Woodcock shift. Get out of my grill, man. <laughs> and it's like all seven of them. The... Not yeah.
1: one of you went with them? Yeah. Like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's weird. I, I got the impression they left like from that meeting and went to the docks and found a ship. But uh-huh. anyway, your point is taken. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Kingsguard arrived from King's Landing by galley a few days later. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it takes a few days to get to Dragonstone. It seems like it's a pretty quick trip.
0: Don't bring up the travel thing with me again. Yeah,
1: let's stop there. Let's stop there. I'll bring up the spreadsheet
0: right now. Anyways, carry
1: on, my friend. Carry (laughs) on. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) Oh,
0: that spreadsheet, I love it. Uh, You know us. Always addressing
1: the important questions, Kallisar.
0: So, shortly after the ceremony finishes... About sixty people arrive, with Rogar and Alyssa, when they come to gather and reprimand those young dragons. You foolish children! You know not what you've done! Says Alyssa. Septon Mateus bellows at them at length that this will surely plunge Westeros back into war. (laughs) This Jay Harris would not suffer, though. I will accept chastisement from her grace, my mother, but not from you. Hold your tongue, fat man. If another word passes your lips... I'll have them sewn shut. What did Septon's face have man. to say about that, Matt? Nerfin. Nothing at all. He doesn't want his lips sewn shut. <laughs> uh-huh. So Rogar gets right to the point, though. He's enough enough with the the bellowing and the chastisement. He just wants to know, hey, did you do it or not? Did Did right. you consummate? And finding the answer that he wanted, he immediately moves to annul the marriage and separate J and A commanding his men to escort Alessand to Sea Dragon Tower. That's just a, a tower on Dragonstone. Um, While well, they take Jaehaerys back to the Red Keep. They're literally going to put miles between them. But the Kingsguard doesn't follow Baratheons. Nope. And uh, even those intimidating, impo- as imposing and intimidating as Rogar, they're, they're not going to follow him. And they intercede on JNA's behalf, Pate the woodcock insisting that if they choose to continue, Rogar himself would be the first to fall, regardless of the disadvantage in numbers.
2: Whoa! The
0: Kingsguard guard the king, Matt. Nice to see ya.
1: Yeah, but we're the Kingsguard, not the Hand's guard, And it's the lad who sits the chair, not you, says Sour Sam. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, they're sticking up for it. You know, they've been his Kingsguard for a matter of weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. And it says the best part of a moon's turn, they're having those conversations about who they'll marry. So yeah, probably like a month they've been his Kingsguard yeah uh and they're standing up for him and that's
1: that that's what i said that goes to show that that he had some sort of way of endearing himself to to these men in particular because they could have easily said like well you know we are supposed to protect the king but technically the hand and the queen are the regents right now so we've got to do what they say it's kind of like when uh uh, Tywin has Joffrey taken to his chambers you know and they listen to him and um, for his nap or whatever it is yes, that Tywin says yes.
2: <laughs>
1: and uh, they could have easily done that and been like well you know we're supposed to protect the king not this, you know that's what we do so we've got to do this but they're like nope we and we will die doing this if we have to and that says a lot about uh, these Kingsguard knights and a lot about Jaharis too
0: you just reminded me of the royal nap time enforcers from uh, Westeros and American musical that we saw at Ice. And oh Fire. yeah, they, they come out in like uh, little like stocking caps and uh-huh. gather Joffrey and like take him great. away for a nap. <laughs> Westeros and American musical. If you guys didn't go to Ice and Fire con last year, you missed it. But you can find it on YouTube. Check it out. It's awesome. Yeah, too.
1: you can also find it on our website. Go to DavosFingers.com and click on the media tab, and you'll find links to it there.
0: Yeah, if you haven't been to our website in a while, go there because Matt's made some made some updates, added some content. Way to go, Matt!
1: Added some content. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, it's there.
0: It's that's there. It is a website. <laughs> it is. Yep. That has information on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, on that note, uh, Scat is going back to Ice and FireCon. We just got uh, renewed to be a fandom favorite. Just to drop that in there in the moment. Uh, yeah. Special code fingers if you put it in at <clears> checkout, <throat> you can save a few bucks. So put it in there. Let them know you heard from us. Um, I'll be there. Yep. Decided. And Matt's working on being there. Matt's working on it. Yep. All right. Uh, advertisement over. Uh, so, so literally, we're on the verge of a bloodbath, right? Yeah. Just the perfect time to throw in an advertisement. On the verge of a bloodbath, Alyssa stops it. She's like, "Hey, we've all seen enough death. Stop. Just stop." Okay, and before the party screws back, Jaehaerys and Alyssa reinforce the message. So they're kind of going back to King's Landing. They're going to let it play out for here and for now. They don't want to fight. But Jaehaerys and Alyssa make sure to reinforce the message. Jaehaerys says, Do not think you shall unmake this marriage. We are one now, and neither gods nor men shall part us. That was in the quote that Matt read earlier. Alyssa adds, Send me to the ends of the earth, and we and uh, blah, 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 blah. Send me to the ends of the earth and meet That can't be right. Oh, and wed me. There we go. Send me to the ends of the earth and wed me to the King of Mossavoy or the Lord of the Grey Waste. Silverwing Mm -hmm. will always bring me back to J. Harris. Then
1: she kisses him right on the face.
0: Yes, that's right. They are they're putting they're digging their heels in on this. Yeah. The last thing we want you to hear before you leave is, this is a thing, don't fight it. Anyway, life after marriage. So once they left, J. Harris and Alessand lived kind of a charmed life on Dragonstone, Matt.
1: Yeah, the, I imagine like this movie montage of yes. them like writing and reading books together and all while a sweet song plays over the top of it, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Running I through hate sand. fields. It's rough and... and it's coarse and it gets everywhere. <laughs> It's exactly it. Anakin and Padme awkwardly rolling through that field. Yeah. Giggling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're taking lessons from their master. always together. They slept together but didn't, you know, sleep together, if you know what I mean. I'm doing the little finger through the whole symbol thing.
1: And they um, shared many long and lingering kisses. Yes. I love long know, and lingering kisses.
0: They're working up to it. Mm-hmm. Um J. Harris always kept Alice M. with him when people came to visit, which there were people coming to kind of take counsel from him and visit him. Um, he included her in everything. They were reading together, talking together. It sounds, honestly, it sounds amazing. I want that vacation. Right? Right? No wonder they didn't want to leave. Yeah. Oh, um, more on that later. Back in King's Landing, perhaps most interesting is that no one, no one spoke of this. Everyone decided to keep this a secret. Rogar told them, not to spread it around, insisted that he was going to unmake this marriage, and didn't allow... accepted uh, and Mateus wanted to send ravens out to tell people, and to tell some people, uh, and he forbid it, and stopped, stopped them from happening. Alyssa also wanted to delay, as well, to try to make sure this did not lead to bloodshed in the realm somehow. She's still worried about the perception from the religion side. Um, so no one's mentioning this. It's all just kind of like, yeah, Jaharis and Alice will there all the summer camp or you know whatever. They're not here right now. Nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? And no one's saying a thing. And that's how things Yay. stayed. J and A growing up on Dragonstone United, Roger and Al- Ro- Roger, Rogar and Alyssa newly married and running the realm. Kind of in this weird time. Right.
1: Yeah. So uh that's that, right? That's that. <laughs> During the the, the the part where Rogar was asking, like, well, did you bed her? Did, did you guys do the deed? Bedded equals wedded, according to Rogar. But yeah. I was thinking of, it, it just reminded me of this scene in Princess Bride with Wesley, where Buttercup's like, I got married. I didn't want to. It all happened so fast. And Wesley's like, never happened. What? Never happened. But I was there. He said man and wife. Wesley's like, did you say I do? No, we sort of skipped that part. Then you're not married. You didn't say it. You didn't do it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't say, say it, it. You didn't do it. Did you say I do? Oh,
2: no. Sort of skipped that part. Then you're not married. You didn't say it. You didn't do it.
1: Wouldn't you agree, your highness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prince Humperdinck, a technicality
0: that Drunk will shortly be remedied. Your sword. Oh, shivers. One of the greatest moments in movie history. And then he drops his sword he's, and, like, lifts yes. up his little skirt thing.
2: <laughs> to sit down. Yes. Have
0: a seat. Have a seat. And yeah. And they tie him up and he's bluffing the whole time. Look, we just spoiled a movie that everyone should have seen by now.
1: Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, it's not our fault. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> amazingly, I do
0: have a Princess Bride reference for later.
1: Oh, do you? I do. Yes. If there's one thing that's better than a Princess Bride reference in an episode, it's... Two. Yep. Yeah. All right. Should we go on to our next section, Sked? Do it up. Okay. Uh, the swift and sudden marriage of Jahari's and Sand was a romance unequaled. Since the days of Florian the fool and his jonquil, to hear them sing of it. And in songs as ever, love conquers all. The truth, we submit, is a deal less simple. Um, the, the, uh, the the chapter, so this, this starts the next chapter, the surfeit of rulers. And... It's kind of starts off kind of waxing eloquent um, with the maester saying that all men are sinners. Even the noblest of kings and the most chivalrous of knights may find themselves overcome by rage and lust and envy, commit acts that shame them and tarnish their good names. And the vilest of men and the wickedest of women likewise may do good from time to time, for love and compassion and pity may be found in even the blackest of hearts.
0: Matt. Sounds like... This is beautiful writing, right? And it is maybe, in my opinion, the thesis to George's entire of a song of work. ice and fire. A song of ice and fire. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. have the same notes, Gad. Yeah. Look at us.
0: Sorry, I jumped. I jumped on you and took it from Totally me. fine. Totally fine.
1: We got there, and that's what matters. We did. We got there together.
0: Wow. Did this get sexual?
1: <sighs> well. Doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it should be remembered.
0: Comment. <laughs> <That's
1: all> <sighs> like never. <laughs> um, we are as the gods made us. I almost that made that the uh, episode title for this one, but went with the conciliator instead. Um, strong and weak, good and bad, cruel and kind, heroic and selfish. Know that if you would rule over the kingdoms of men, that was Septon Barth saying that to uh, Jaheris.
2: Yeah,
0: shades of of Maester Aemon a little bit too.
1: Absolutely, right. I love that. That's 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 you and that's the stuff that we love, man. Yeah. If you're only looking for the best in people, you'll probably end up disappointed and hoodwinked. You know, if you're only focusing on the bad in people, you're never going to be happy. But instead, just focus on the growth inherent in the human experience or something like that. I don't know. but well, um, Anyways, things are going pretty well in the realm right now. The Iron Throne and the Faith are reconciled. Everyone loves Jaehaerys and Alisan. And moreover, they're planning this great big celebration to commemorate 50 years of tyranny. I mean, Targaryen rule. So it's happening, man. We're going to have a big party. Um, potential issue. Though, uh, the, it has some cause for concern. We got like three queens in Westeros right now. Things are a little funny with that. There's some tension there. You've got uh, the queen regent, Alyssa. You've got the secret queen, Alisanne, that no one knows about. And But you've also got Reyna, Reyna over in uh, Fair Isle right now. Now, we've kind of forgotten about her, but... Uh, Some parts of Westeros haven't. In fact, she's becoming quite popular in the Westerlands, um, so much so that some have even taken to calling her the Queen of the West. There's some tension going on, as I mentioned. Um, First of all, let's go through some of these these points of tension. So first of all, the fact that Reyna got married in secret— That has left some bad feelings, especially for Queen Alyssa. Um, Next, Rogar never asked Jaheri's for leave to marry his mom. We've already talked about that. Jaheri's didn't approve. Uh, We've got Alyssa. She's upset that she's not been invited to either of her children's weddings. Now, that to me is maybe that's not a great sign for mom, that she's not being invited to any of their weddings. Uh, Reyna doesn't like Rogar. Uh, neither does Jaheris really. But Reyna doesn't like him. She feels like he didn't join Aegon at the Battle Beneath the God's Eye and didn't commit when he should have and, and all of that. Uh, is also resentful that her daughter's claim was passed over. You've got Rogar on the other side feeling that Jaheris was ungrateful. Rogar also felt humiliated at Dragonstone with the secret wedding. <laughs> you know what? To me, this just sounds like A family.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. (laughs) uh Just bitch, please, and I'm not just talking about the women. All of them. Just put this stuff aside. I mean, try just try to think back fifty pages when we're dealing with Meg or like murdering people in their in their beds. (laughs) Exactly. Like this is what we're dealing with. I. It's it's. They're trying to warn us about too many rulers here, but I hardly see a problem. Rogar and Alyssa are clearly running things. Jay and A are away at summer camp, not inserting their nose into the Doing business. Their thing. Yeah. Raina didn't want the job and is forever away, and people like her. So what? They're calling her queen of the west. It's cute. It's almost like George didn't know what to do with the opening of this chapter. He's like, let's insert some family conflict. Or maybe he did, and he's purposely trying to juxtapose the conflicts here with what we we're dealing with with Anus and, and Megor. But yeah, it just it's it feels, most of it feels petty. Jay Harris, you're being so a funny. dick. Yeah. Let it go man it's like rain a yeah, bitch thinking, please like, you don't get to be pissed now you didn't even go fight with your husband over the god's eye when he needed another dragon to help fight balerion you don't get a bitch now about that's stuff. what i was thinking i was like
1: wait wait, like wait 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 wait. you were mad that rogar didn't join your husband
0: yeah yeah excuse me yeah yeah It, it just let it go people life is much easier when you can let these things go
1: but it's such a family thing, yeah, right? And we yeah. do that like 10 years later. It's like, remember when we got in that one argument when you're talking to your siblings and it's like, well, whatever. Yeah. <sighs> um, you know, Rogar but, and Alyssa can't... But it turns Go real, ahead.
0: though, which I think is what you're about to get to. Like, yep. like some, of this, some of this pride and anger turns into like, like real actions that have consequences.
2: Which I... Think
1: mm-hmm. I think. And what those real actions and consequences are is that Rogar and Alyssa feel that they need to do what they can to set aside Jaharis and Alessand's marriage. Um, remember, Septon Mateus said that all decent folk <laughs> would condemn
0: this union. <laughs> Which reminds me of uh of Dante and Clerks. Why don't you just sleep with them like any decent person? <laughs>
1: Nice, Paul. Nice connection. So as, as mentioned, Jaharis and Alisand stay at Dragonstone for some time, it says in here, throughout the new year. Um, and when it came, became apparent that they weren't planning to really come back, uh, you know, Al- Alyssa, you know, try. she thinks she's going to go over there to try to... Fix things up with them. Rogar convinces her not to. And we go into this whole thing about how Alyssa wasn't willing to do the hard stuff to make things work. Um, again, there's just this poison, Scott, in not communicating, especially as a family. If you just talk things out like a family, you could make a lot of things work. Right? Absolutely. And Jahari's for his part, he's in no hurry to get back to dragon to get back to King's Landing. He's got it grade over on Dragonstone. And you know what? He's just biding his time, waiting for his birthday. He's only one birthday away from being able to officially take over. He's got no reason to go back. Why not? Totally. Um, now it is interesting that Jaharis didn't, and, and it brings this up in in the text. The Jahari's didn't tell the realm about his marriage. He didn't make any announcement. He goes along with keeping it quiet as well. Was he scared? Was he unsure how he'd be received? Was he repentant? In other words, did he regret doing it? Or did he just want to do things under his own terms? You got any uh, thoughts?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, George writes that from the writer's perspective – um, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like he was just wanting to do things in his own time. Uh, mm-hmm. It says Rogar is encouraged by the silence. It's right. interesting and in the this might've been before you left the company. I, we worked with a guy that was kind of did like corporate planning kind of things with us and activities for improved leadership and all that crap. <laughs> I didn't get along with the guy very well, but but I, I remembered a, f- a few of his things really, really hit home for me. And one of the things he said is, when there's uncertainty, you usually fill that void with negativity. And so it's it's interesting that Rogar, when faced with this silence, is like, "Oh yeah, he's rethinking this. He's coming to his senses." Yeah. Instead of like, "Oh man, they're doing it every day. They're you know their their relationships becoming deeper and stronger. And they're never gonna overcome it." Most humans fill the void with negativity, not not positivity. Huh. That's all that's pretty much that's all true. I got. My sense is like the author, Charles knows exactly what he's doing. He's not operating on anyone else's timeline but his own, and he doesn't care to tell anyone right now. Yep. Let, let him do this when he's in charge. And he's happy
1: to do that. Again, to show that he this was a serious considered
0: thing a, considered. And, yep.
1: Yep, very deliberate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or he just likes the idea of, of being sneaky. I just Gosh. for for some reason no it's not that but I remembered that episode of the office where it's the first time that Jan and Michael go to are like out in public together and they go to the party at David Wallace's house yeah do you remember that
0: one I will I will when you give me a little more and well
1: Michael just makes a complete fool of himself as he always does invites David Wallace and his wife to go to Jamaica with he and Jan and it's just terrible it's so awkward and Jan is so mad at him and um she tries to take out her frustration through sex as as Jan does um and tries to have sex with him in the bathroom just almost like as a way to Vent her off. frustration, yeah. yeah But yeah, and and he won't He's like, no, don't, don't And puts a stop to it Which makes Jan even more mad And in the car, driving back She says uh, I went and found the quote Just because it had me thinking about it And she said, we were good when we were just running around You know, in secret It was wrong and it was exciting Maybe it was a mistake to take it public You can imagine how Michael
0: feels and- after that yeah, wasn't it? Doesn't it earlier in the episode? Isn't it focusing on how excited he is to bring it public? Exactly. You know, to, he's like this to is the finally official, happening. Legitimate thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, she she gives him that uh, um, HR document to sign that's yes. acknowledging that they're in a relationship and they won't hold the company liable if anything if the relationship ends and all that stuff. It's
0: like it's official.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he's like he's gonna frame it and stuff. He says. <laughs> And he says, Well, if that's the way you feel, my lady, then you have hurt me greatly. And Jan's
0: like, please don't cry. Michael is the worst. And he does, of course. But... Well, the only one worse is Jan. They are perfect for each other.
1: It's great. Mm. You know, on Rewatch of The Office, that is a brilliant character. Jan. The character of Jan Levinson. Yeah. She is one of the most layered, deep characters of that whole series in terms of like real honest character building. She's that's a, that's a well-written character and well-played. Don't tell me that. that.
0: I don't want to rewatch the
1: office by, uh, what's the actress's name? Malora Hardin. I think something like that. Yeah. It's one of those I put on when I'm doing dishes or something. (laughs) All right. Shall we, uh, do we find out what these what these kids are off doing on Dragonstone and such?
0: Yeah, I want to just throw one note out there real quick. I oh, think, please! I think, I think glossed it a little bit. Um, it's not super important. Just made me think. It's not really something I put together before. Um, it mentions that Alyssa needed to be loved too. That she and Anas both had mm. this need for a- approval and to be loved and respected and needed, and that part of her actions here in this chapter are part of that. To, to be a peacemaker with Jaharis and also with the realm and to be loved and not have it thrown back in her face that she allowed this to happen on her watch and that it would cause damage to not to her reputation, but to the way people really felt about her, right? And just maybe that the match, while it Ended up being great from you know that their their family life was good. ANS and Alyssa's they weren't maybe a good match for a king and queen because sometimes you need you need to be able to make those hard choices. I think it says something like that in the right. text as well. But uh, it
1: does, yeah, yeah. That's a good distinction to make, and I'm glad you did because it does seem to be like one of the most honest, loving relationships that we get at least in this targaryen history between two people Alyssa and annie's that yeah they had a great relationship a very warm tender relationship but that doesn't always translate to and being a power couple
0: yeah being a power couple and also while it looks like the family life was good you know it's something you got to work at all the time because look at her got relationships it. with her kids now they're very constantly strained.
1: communicating yep they yeah, she didn't get and, invite be invited to the weddings. I mean, that's the biggest affront ever for a mother.
0: And kind <laughs> of again to to spoil the game a little bit, coming up several episodes from now, how Allison and Jaharis get along with their own kids. Yep, because they have some struggles. Yep, they uh, sure do. You know, we're doomed to repeat. Um, you know, you know what they say about people that suffer child abuse and people that have alcoholism in their family. Like you're, you're doomed to repeat those actions that you see in some way. Right. And so, um, you know, this is what they've seen. And maybe Jay Harris and Ann also kind of inherit that way of communicating or not with their kids.
2: That's
1: such a, Oh man, that's such a relatable issue for any couple. And I think especially like you and I, and our, family relationships, especially the season in our life with younger kids. It's like, if you and your wife are too focused on each other, obviously, that's the person that you need to be most focused on is your spouse, I think. But if you're so focused on that, that the kids kind of get left behind, that's a bad thing, right? The kids get neglected. Yeah. But if you're so focused on the kids all the time, you end up neglecting that relationship with your spouse, which it is, is a,
0: a, yeah. with your- it is and, a tug of war, and my ao and I are for sure guilty of of not putting our relationship first. Yep, and, absolutely. And and making it more about our kids. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a tough man. That's a tough one. It's hard. Yep. Yep. Good point though about Alyssa. Anyway, That's another
1: office quote where where Michael Scott's like, "Do I need to be liked? No, I Do like, I to, be like liked. to be liked." I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then he says so like but it's not like I it's not like my compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised.
0: (laughs) Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked. Like I need to be praised. Uh, so quotable and also the worst.
1: Just absolutely the worst. Okay. Life Shall we move Stone. on? Yeah. Yes. Let's see here. The quote is. One evening after a day in which Jeharis had been severely tested and battered, more on that later, Maester Koloper said to him, your grace, why do you punish yourself so harshly? The realm is at peace. The young king only smiled and replied, The realm was at peace when my grandsire died, but scarcely had my father climbed onto the throne than foes rose up on every side. They were testing him to learn if he was strong or weak. They will test me as well.
0: Yeah, they will. So Chiharis, as we said, is kind of biding his own time, right? To do this on his timeline when he wants to in his control. And that's all well and good, but people are gonna fucking notice when their dashing <laughs> and effective new leaders stop showing up everywhere. They start to worry. Keep in mind that people disappeared all the time in Magor's day, and it wasn't good when they disappeared. So the people are skittish still. And when they're not around, you know, they don't they don't know that J and A are just out there having fun and having a ball together. Uh but, you know, they're having a great time on Dragonstone. And they don't want to leave. Allison says herself, Here I have you to myself, day and night. When we go back, I shall be fortunate to snatch an hour with you, for every man in Westeros will want a piece of you. She's not wrong. She is not wrong, as we were just talking about maintaining those relationships. Uh, it also leads me to my word of the day, which we haven't had in a while. Ooh, we haven't. Word of the day! Yeah. Cation <laughs> <laughs> when you stay on a well, blah, 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 blah. when you stay away on a trip well beyond reasonable expectations just to bask in the glory of your new partner vacation vacation hmm. they aren't just there having fun though J. Harris also had some rage to work through he was not happy with <laughs> rogar didn't want to rush back to kings landing just to be reprimanded when he wasn't in control uh I think I I think he wanted to stew a little bit uh, after what happened. He also knew he had some things to work on before he was really ready to rule. Oh, was I a love little, this about him. Yeah, so he was a little more bookish, a little more the the bookish Aonist than the Battlemaster Magor at the moment, and he needed to bulk up, man. Got to beef up. Mm-hmm. You tell me the way where the weight room is. You know where the weight. Room is? I'll check it out. It's Tommy boy. Yep. <laughs> Uh, they tested his father for weakness this has been mentioned a little bit already when he took the throne and they would test him as well so he spent his mornings in the yard getting beaten up and beaten down by Sir Merrill Bullock the commander of the castle garrison and his sons as well as his master at arms Sir Elias Scales and his seven pray don't forget the king's guard Pate and his spear specifically troubled J. Harris over and over again every time he would fall in the yard they would yell the king is dead And when he fought back to his feet for more punishment, they would call again, Long live the king!
1: (laughs) See, that's another endearing thing that they talked about before how he could laugh at himself. Like, some kings would have taken that for, like, treason. Like,
0: how dare you say that? Joffrey would have for sure had people's tongues out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the end of this, though, you know, after, like, a while, he was ready. He's a redoubtable warrior, man. He was Mm. skilled. One of them even says that he would put money on, on Jay Harris over Megor in a one on one bout. So, Dang. he's He's worked for it. This, this is, you know, it's the Rocky montage, right? We mm-hmm. definitely need to get one of those if, if HBO ever does a Jay Harris spinoff. Oh. What about Alice Sand? What's her deal? Well, for some reason, we take a most welcome departure from what's actually going on to learn a little bit about Alice Ann. It's almost like George's like, oh shit, okay, I got a main character here and they don't know anything about her. <laughs> she kind of blended in. We, uh, we covered it a little bit earlier. She kind of blended in a little bit. She wasn't timid, but she wasn't boisterous either. She wasn't anywhere close to the line of succession. So she was just looked over a little bit. She was intelligent, but not flashy. She did what she was told, but she didn't overdo it. She grew up with maids and maesters and septons in her, her early days, for sure. She, she had a constantly rotating group of companions. But Aenys's death when she was six stopped pretty much all of that. And she became a glorified prisoner. Uh, for a couple years, uh, when when she lived on Dragonstone uh, at the whims of Visenya, and apparently then, like we said earlier, on the run in Essos or hiding out in Essos uh, for another four before returning to Westeros and Storm's End. Huh. Sometimes I worry, Matt, about Uh-oh. about my younger Mary, because
2: my mm. eldest
0: Pippin is just he's he's just so in your face mm-hmm. th- about everything. Just, I'm inventing this and we need to do that. And I'm going to set up a store and I'm doing this and that. And like, it's like a full-time <laughs> job just keeping up with him because he's got all these ideas and things he's going to conquer the world with. And that's great. It It is great and exhausting. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't understand like real world limitations. Like you live in a circle and it's Sunday and no one buys things on Sunday in a circle like this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, um but it's great. In general I love the passion and you know all the all of it. Keep
1: encouraging that.
0: Right, realistically. And and I worry that Mary maybe doesn't get all the attention he should just because we're exhausted trying to keep up with Pippin. Sure. And I kind of think this is like Alisande, like all this potential she's got under there and it just kind of flew under the radar for most of her life. You know? Yeah. Mhm. For sure. Yep. And then we we'll oh. get this uh, – you, you, you get any of that? You feel that at all? Nothing going on like that?
1: I do, and it, it – because you see that, right? The squeaky wheel gets the grease, Yeah. for lack of a better term. And uh, and, and what's sad is, is that the other wheels often need the grease too to continue it's... the bad comparison, but they're just not as squeaky about it. Yeah. Um, what I like about Alisanne is that she didn't let that uh, cripple her mortally. That she she kept moving and kept kept growing and progressing. And maybe that's why she ended up being so attentive to the realm as queen. Is maybe she was trying to pass on what she didn't what she yeah. didn't get. Um, but in the end, it. We talked about her future kids and how maybe that ended up repeating itself a little bit.
0: I mean, the picture George paints—it's almost like she didn't need Grace. She mm-hmm. was a, a computer of non-moving parts. She was parts. pretty self-sufficient. And, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's interesting. And some some people are like that too.
2: So,
0: anyway, suffice to say, she did not have a complement of friends by the time she got to Storm's End, and then mm-hmm. you know, into into King's Landing, the Red Keep. She didn't have a complement of friends that she was used to hang around with. She didn't have a retinue of maids that surround servants that surrounded her. And she certainly didn't take them to Dragonstone with her when she fled on Dragonback, right? So, yeah, uh, enter Alyssa with a solution for that problem. She would send ladies of faith and proper standing to serve Alice's hand on Dragonstone. And if those women that Alyssa sent were able to talk some sense into the girl about her poor choice for a husband, well, all the better. So a Septa and two novices to start, as well as a very respected uh, Lady of the Reach, uh, no, sorry, of the Riverlands, uh, mm-hmm. Lady Lucinda Tully, who was fiercely pious. Lord Celtigar sends his two daughters over there to be friendly companions, and three more noble ladies, Janice of House Templeton, Corianne of House Wild, and Rosamond of House Ball. Lady Alyssa prayed that these pious and proper ladies would help Alicent see the error of her ways, but let me spoil it for you. It doesn't work. Nope. Because Alisand is awesome. Yep. <laughs> but Not before... <laughs> What's that? Nice try, Mom. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, uh... I don't know, Matt, any thoughts? Or do you want to tell us what Rogar is up to? Oh, my gosh.
1: Uh, the only additional thought I have for this section is... Um, it he he did all this training, which was great, especially the fighting part. I love that he didn't take shortcuts. Yeah. For example, some kings will wear this really nice sword on their sword belts, but if they ever had to use it, they couldn't. Yeah. But they rely on the nice sword at their hip to cast this illusion of prowess. Yeah. And uh, Jahari's goes for the real thing, and he doesn't let people go easy on him he doesn't look for shortcuts not only in this training but ever it feels like he's willing to do the work to get the job done and i think that's one thing that endears men to him and it's the type of men that you want endeared to you being king's guard and people like that but uh throughout all this battle training it talks about how he became this fierce warrior and to uh, according to my studies he didn't ever really have to use it ever <laughs> Which feels
0: uh,
1: a little anticlimactic.
0: It's hard to remember, but you're right. I don't. I don't think he does ever really have to get out there himself.
1: Yeah, he does. He does help um, uh, quashing the Dornish in the third and fourth Dornish wars, but he does that atop a dragon. Yeah. So he doesn't no real hand-to-hand down on the ground fighting. So it's mostly yeah, just but- flying around.
0: Legends grow in the telling though, like people talk and they'll know he's proficient. Yeah. He wouldn't talk if he hadn't earned it. So it's it's mm-hmm. like uh what is it that Aegon always said that it's better to forestall rebellions than to fight them or whatever. You know, yep. he's he's proven in the battle yard that he can handle it, so don't try testing him.
1: I know. It just feels like there's a better payoff if we could have this great big battle where he could
0: Listen, really show his stuff. If you're talking to the guy that has uh you know wet dreams about triple b running on the rooftops at the battle of the bells so i understand you want to see this i'm sorry that's not gonna happen
1: i keep telling you man just stop putting navy sheets on your bed (laughs) hides those things a lot
2: better
0: (laughs) i don't hide them they're badges of honor Look at all these patches.
1: <laughs> Sheets get, get crunchy. Here? That's when you know you have to wash them. How
0: did we land here?
1: it that that oh, Patreon gosh. question that we got that one time that we couldn't really answer? What? How, how did we get here?
0: Oh. Or something. Yeah. <clears throat> you can say.
1: All right. This is a weird one.
0: This It is. is this I is felt, a weird
1: I felt bad giving it question. to you. But, no, it's it's fine. It's fascinating in its own way, but uh, yeah, definitely a weird little inclusion by our favorite author here. The quote, "Lord Rogar's motives were baser. more on that in a second. Unable to rely on the loyalty of the castle garrison or the Knights of the King's Guard. The hand needed eyes and ears on Dragonstone." All that Jahari's and Alisande said and did was to be reported back to him, he made clear to Lady Lucinda and the others. He was especially anxious to learn if and when the king and queen intended on consummating their marriage. That, he stressed, must be prevented. And mayhaps there was more.
0: Mayhaps, mayhaps, mayhaps.
1: Mayhaps. I need to start using mayhaps more. Make that a goal. I'm going to write it on a sticky note and put it on my mirror.
0: All right, Walder. Uh, that, that line jumped out at me the way you read it. That, he stressed, must be prevented. Is he counting on these women to, like, <laughs> no, no, what, no, 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 to, like, no. grab them? <laughs> Listen, if they're going to try, you grab that dick and you do something else with it. put her in a chastity belt. I don't know. <laughs> oh a weird way to put that it's so weird so that has stressed we, must be prevented
1: you know. if i find out that that goes into her <laughs> yeah. i don't care if you cut it off well actually he does care because he wants there to be more kids just not with Alice Ann. um well does he i don't know anyways as the quote intimates, Rogar used Alisan's new squad to spy for him. Um, and mayhaps there was more. This was a nice transition <laughs> in which George goes to talk about this um, risque, to say the least, book that had circulated around Westeros known by various titles, Sins of the Flesh, The High and the Low. <laughs> which was fascinating to me, oh, A Wonton's Tale and The Wickedness of Men. And these are all different titles that it went by, but it all had the same subtitle, A Caution, Scad, for Young Girls. The book was um, the story of a girl who cried a river and Donald, No, no, my 90s alternative music fans, not that. It's the story of a noble girl who apparently gave up her virtue to a lowborn groom, had a child with him, and then goes on to live this life where she partakes of every sort of wickedness imaginable during this a long life of sin, suffering, and slavery. Yeah. Sounds fascinating, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell, the lesson is, you know, not bad advice, I suppose. Uh, don't give it up to a stable boy unless his name is Wesley.
1: Yep. There
0: it is, Scott. There it is. I told you it was coming.
1: Fetch me that picture. As you wish. There it is. Uh, Anyway, this lady apparently traveled all over the world, um, having dastardly deeds performed upon her all the way, uh, but ends up a septa, and she wrote this book, as the title intimates, uh, as a caution for young girls to not repeat the mistakes that she'd made. So why do we need to know about all this? I just gave a brief summary. It goes on for like a whole page talking about the stuff that it's happens in this book. Yeah. yeah. Well, because apparently the lady who wrote it was Corianne Wilde. Yeah. One of the three ladies that was sent to be part of Alisan's squad.
0: Yeah. Likely? Probably not. Rogar um, needed a cock blocker. And, and he sent he sent competition, I guess, right, is the idea. He could have sent any number of Greek douchebags from any university, but especially the University of Arizona's 52,000, to block that <laughs> cock. But instead he sent Corey Ann Wilde.
1: Cory cock-blocking Ann Wilde. Yeah. Um, so, you know, her old maester confirmed that she was seduced by a surly lad from the stables.
0: Yeah, surly.
1: And had a bastard baby that was sent away to be fostered at Storm's End. So, Storm's End being the key thing here, that Rogar could have known about her and identified her as this potential, as Sked said, cock blocker. <laughs> uh, here's what happened apparently. Accounts differ. But um, while these ladies, the squad, was on the way to King's Landing, to then make their way to Alisan They stop at an inn where Corianne was confronted by a lord. Some say it was Rogar Baratheon. Others don't make that distinction. In any case, he makes her disrobe, inspects every inch of her like the scoundrel that he is. It's, it's disgusting to read this. Um, probably came into a t- tissue while he was inspecting her. Um something. And then orders her to Dragonstone where she was, as Skad said, to seduce the king. Right? The thought being that if Alisanne catches Jaheris in the throes of intimacy with another woman, that she will choose to set aside the marriage. That she will dump his um <clears throat> he promises rewards and the comfort, comfortable life of a bed warmer, if she could pull it off. Uh, was all of this true? I mean, it's uncertain. This is all just kind of hearsay. I mean, it's interesting that a gal like her, one in a hundred, one in a thousand, why would she be sent to be one of Alisan's three companions when there were certainly others? of more virtue in the realm.
2: It's
0: yeah. interesting. I mean it's it's we're again faced with one of those weird things. I think I said this last episode too where we're presented by the author that knows what happened with a probable solution as to what happened and uh-huh. then told to question it. Which is <laughs> like, well, what do you want, George? Which is it? Um so you know, I buy it um as as it makes the case in the text Corianne Wilde does not fit the profile. Yep. What they were after was young, pious girls of complete upstanding moral character. They know that Rogar would have known about her past. With the thousands of girls to choose from, they wouldn't have picked her. They wouldn't have picked her unless they had some other base reason for doing it. And so I buy I buy it completely. Uh, whether it was Rogar or not that actually did the, ins- the gross inspecting that you're referring to, uh doesn't matter. It was Rogar's deed, it was Rogar's quest, it was Rogar's direction that made it happen, and so it's his fault. So this this is um, you know, the 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 beginning of a surfeit of rulers talks about it. Good men do bad things. And this is Rogar who I account generally as a good man, uh, doing a reprehensible thing to this girl. Yep. Um in order to achieve what, you know, we we always talk always we frequently talk about you know, ends justifying the means, and Rokar thinks this marriage is disaster for the realm, right? And um, he thinks that he needs to do something, anything, to mm-hmm. get it annulled. And so I think he thinks that the ends justify the means here, and he's wrong. Um, yeah, But this is what I think is a good guy doing a, a reprehensible thing.
1: Yeah, it's... Man, that's so on my mind right now, having just completed my rewatch of Breaking Bad, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Where you've got this good guy. One thing I (laughs) noticed on my rewatch is that on my first watch, you're so emotionally invested in Walter White that you almost can't feel like he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, you're always attempting to justify what he's doing and stuff like that. But boy, the second time through where I was able to emotionally step away a little bit because I knew what was gonna happen. He was a good at first he was a good guy doing things for what he felt were the right reasons. But boy, by the end he was a bad guy. Yeah. He was just a bad
0: guy. It's it's interesting the comparison you make there because Yeah, it's almost like knowing knowing the end result. Uh, gives you a different lens to look at it through. And we get that with, mm-hmm. re- with rereads of Song of Ice and Fire as well. Oh, Song of Ice degree. and Fire, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it, the first time you're watching it, you're wanting him to come through in the end. You're uh, putting everything through the lens of, oh, he's just a good guy, he's doing it for these reasons, and he's just gone too far, you know, off off the, off the shoulder here, and he needs to get back on the straight and narrow, he can do it. And, it, and once you see how it ends... And you know the path. It's no, it's not like oh he's drifting on the shoulder. It's like oh it's this straight and predictable line, descent. and you can see the descent the into, yeah. into evil, and mm-hmm. it's just step by step, and you can see him get there. And and yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Right. Never thought of it before, but it makes total sense.
1: Totally does. Yeah. If you ever get the emotional strength to and will to rewatch that series, it's. I pretty fascinating it. to watch that descent. It's terrible and it's so heavy, beautiful and heavy and just crazy. The thing I noticed this big one. I know we're off on a tangent, but was his emotional abuse of Jesse Pinkman. Oh yeah. He yeah. puts that kid through hell, yeah. and he does it so selfishly. Yeah. It's it's dastardly. It's unforgivable. It's one of the worst things he does. Is the way that he keeps Jesse underfoot.
0: I have never been more alone! I have nothing! No one! All right, it's all gone! Get it! No! No, no, why? Why would you get it? What do you even care? As long as you get what you want! Right?
2: You don't give a shit about me. You said I was no good.
0: I'm nothing.
1: Anyways, um, in any case, we're pretty much at the end of the episode now. Yeah, <laughs> these women arrive in Dragonstone in 50 AC, two years after uh, our tale began at the end of this episode, about two and a half, three hours ago. And uh, to the warm smiles and gifts of Queen Alisanne. To be continued.
0: Yeah, I, I, sorry, I want to add one one little thing. Uh, yes. One thing I like is is how he George delves a little bit into how this story can be altered. Uh, because it's, who knows who's making these copies, right? And how much of it's true and who added what stories and for what reasons. And it's so true, man, people could copy whatever they want. And Uh it's it's almost, you know, it's almost like our fake news of today where there's almost no consequence for just making shit up and people reading it and, or, or seeing it on the news or, you know, whatever. Um, weird websites uh, that people follow. Um, I I think it's it's an interesting path that George takes to remind us that in this world knowledge is not knowledge. It's hmm. it's maybe you know stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. Or you, what do know you remember? Something, there's but no who there's no internet to true. reconfirm what you thought yep. you read
0: because. Yep. Humans forget things. Oh, I read that book eight years ago. I don't remember now. Was it Rogar or Roger? I can't remember the guy's name now. I guess I'll write Roger. And then somebody's like, "Oh, there was another Baratheon brother named Roger." So they got to go find that, or you know what I mean? Like, the the transfer of information in this, you know, in this world is not. It's it's not predictable, and it's not. Uh, you can't be confident in it. It's
1: not, yeah, reliable. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That's it. Just an interesting And George puts there. us through that, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah. Well, I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know what's happening. You guys decide.
0: Also, oh, last thing. Sorry, one more note. Uh, hmm. They note at the end that uh, most of these changes were put in by uh, their are they're Baseless stories, uh, because it makes those with lusts feel better, because their betters better share their own base lusts. Mm-hmm. And it's garbage. The Targaryens are living proof of how the they are the fucking basest of the base when it comes to lusts and betrayals and villainy and garbage opinions and awfulness. The Targaryens need to go. They have. They are the worst. Yeah, they're and upheld as like these.
1: Mysterious, beautiful, like, superior race, and they're just garbage.
0: For every Jay Harris, there's an Aegon IV, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, or a Mega, or, or an Ares Second, or the, they have the basest lusts that they need to slake, and they do so with
1: impunity,
0: imp- impunity, and completely a complete lack of regard for anyone else hmm Sorry, I really dragged it down there into the negative.
1: Well, I'm gonna say one name that'll help bring you out of it. Besides <laughs> Jahari's, Baylor Breakspear. We had Jahari's and them and
0: him. That's Maester Amon. Yeah. Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, fl- yeah. The gods, the gods flip a coin, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. It was fun diving into Jahari's. It was great.
0: I can't wait to read more. Oh uh, boy. Visual.
1: Yep. Yep. We're getting into some good stuff. Should we sign off?
0: Yeah, let's sign off, man. Do we
1: have any final things we need to cover with this? I don't think we really do. No. Usually we, kind we of do stop some like right in the middle there. There's more to yeah, come. We usually do some like closing thoughts on whoever it was that we just covered, but we're smack in the middle of it, like you said. So.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um. So I'm sorry I've brought it up three or four times now, but I've just got Breaking Bad on the mind. So my sign-off quote, I was reminded of this quote uh, that is from the the new Breaking Bad movie El Camino, uh, as I was kind of reading about Jahari's and all that he was accomplishing at a young age. So there's this scene in El Camino where Jesse uh, has is is having a flashback scene. And we get a nice cameo from another Breaking Bad character in the movie who's in that flashback scene with him. And they're kind of, you know, reflecting on what, you know, Jesse's been able to do and everything. And, uh, and this, this person says to him, you're really, well, I'll sign off by saying what this person said to Jesse. You're really lucky, you know, that you didn't have to wait your whole life to do something special. And uh, that's what I'd encourage you guys to do, that whatever it is that you do in life, make it special and don't wait your whole life to do it.
0: Yes. And I will uh, sign off, uh, because I was reminded with your, your Twitter post that I also saw on Facebook this morning. Uh, we must follow some of the same people there. Uh, to, sound, to sound like and uh, like King. What can men do against such reckless hate? And Mm. you know what they can do? They can forgive those that came before them. And they can embrace the realm. And they can make it right. That's what Jairus is trying to do.
1: Yeah! Do their best to be the best they can. Good sign-off, scan.
0: Thanks. All right. Well, good night, my friend. All right. Good night, man. Thanks for listening, Kalasar. Bye guys.
1: And then we're reading a part of the chapter called a surf oh gosh. How do we pronounce a that? The surfit of rulers? I meant to figure I meant to find that out before I
0: I think it's got just on surf. The it. air,
1: and then I did surfeit. Okay. Well now you got me. And... I'm gonna Google it right now, oh, but go ahead.
0: Man, I wish my kids I I know two years are older, and then uh, Chewie's right in the middle of mine. I think, if I remember right, but uh, yeah, he's
1: turning seven in December.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Man, they're just not. I, we tried episode two last week, and mm-hmm. they were just not having it. They were just kind of bouncing around the room and just not all that interested. And you're like, sit down. Uh, <laughs> I did yell. Like, (laughs) and I felt bad about it, but yeah, Friday night movie night came to an early close. Um, and there were tears. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. We've all been there. Yeah.
1: But, um, I've only, I'm only batting one for three on Star Wars fans. The only ones that really like Star Wars and the family is my, is my daughter, is, is Leia. Um, the boys aren't that interested. My wife's not that interested, but it's but it's, it's funny that they're they're not that interested but then when the actual movie comes around they're like you know the the opportunity to go to the theater late at night and then not have to go to school in the next morning they're like yeah let's watch all this?
0: i mean i imagine they sense your excitement and it's contagious maybe and it's like an event right it's like a it's like a
1: That's what it is. It's not to really see the movie. It's like, but this is a big deal. We're gonna to go to the theater, right? And we get to go in kind of like our our warm jammies and yeah. get to drink soda at ten o'clock at night. And there's all these people. There's a buzz at the theater that opening night. You know, and yes. people are in costumes and it's just fun. So, yes, yeah. yes.
0: I feel like one of those sitcoms where they do like the auction uh-huh. or like a date with. Uh-huh, this is just, it's all awkward. I don't like where this is going.
1: I was part of one of those once, and it went that way. <laughs> That's
0: the only way it can go. It's <laughs> fucking awkward. Well,
1: they had like all the jocks and they auctioned them off for dates and stuff. and then, you know, I was like mildly popular in school. But I wasn't like a, a jock or anything. I played in a band, and people seemed to like me and stuff like that. So they asked me to do it, and I said okay. And I got up there, and the opening bids went pretty quick. I started feeling good. It was like five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, twenty-five. And I don't remember what the amounts were. <laughs> crickets, crickets. That's Come good. on, guys, just twenty-five, just twenty-five dollars. <laughs> Yeah, crickets. Yeah. Finally, like a girl who I didn't even know that well, like took pity and <laughs> did like twenty five, <laughs> and then everyone else and they're like, "Can we get 30? And they're like, "And the people realized at that point they didn't try very hard for 30. <laughs> like, oh, going, what's man. going twice sold? And the girl never took me out. The date never happened.
0: It never happened. Oh, no, she awesome. never took me out. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it definitely should have been you having to take her out.
1: That's, like... That, uh... Yeah. Because she paid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So maybe I I dropped the ball. Maybe I was supposed to take her out. That's... You And I didn't understand. (laughs) She's listening to this episode right now, and she's, like, cursing at you. Uh, I should apologize. Hey, listen,
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, but that definitely took me down a few notches. Any coolness factor I thought I had is just gone after that. Uh,
0: I mean yeah i'm not cool now i was way worse in high school that would have been oof that, that would have been i would have dreaded something like that all oof. right let's move on i hope you're putting all this in the <sighs> optics
1: uh we're gonna put a bunch of
0: it yeah all right what else you got You got, uh a breaking bad update from you
1: we want to do we want to talk about this or should we just get to the episode i don't know
0: let's just get to the episode we can hold well, it I... I had yeah. a book recommendation, a couple series and stuff. We can get to the episode.
1: Well, let's just do quick ones. I watched the uh, – I did a full Breaking Bad rewatch. It took me um, five years to do it. It's my favorite television show of all time, but emotionally I, I had to – it took me five years to prepare for a rewatch because that, right. that show just just so draining. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it, and then I watched the new movie El Camino. I didn't like El Camino as much as I liked the Breaking Bad series, but it was still great, and it's still a lot of fun, and uh, – a lot of cool stuff happened in it. I won't spoil it because it's still new enough for people that I won't say what I loved. But uh, some nice cameos from people you didn't expect, and I All enjoyed right. it. I'd recommend it if you like Breaking Bad. It's a nice. It's not a necessary piece to the puzzle, but it's a nice bookend for it.
0: Yeah, it's it's like a movie, right? Like movie length.
1: Yeah, it's two hours long.
0: Yeah, I also watch it with uh-huh. with AO and we we watched Breaking Bad together and. Let's go watch that with her. Right, when we get a minute. But it picks uh, up
1: right after, right, right as the season finale, series finale ends. This movie starts. It's where Jesse's driving away from the from compound that, where he'd been held captive. That
0: deal gone bad, right? That, well, yeah, the, yeah, that wasn't really a deal, I guess. And it,
1: yeah. And it and it picks up from him driving away. Uh, okay.
0: So, well, yeah, that's on our list uh, at some point. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is a book I've been reading in my spare time mm. The mm. Three Body Problem, which doesn't need my recommendation. this's got a recommendation from Barack Obama on his summer reading list one year. Uh, so it's a big it won, it won the Hugo. I mean it's it's kind of it's a big book, but uh, I totally recommend it. It's more sci-fi than fantasy for sure. It's you know it's well, it's not fantasy at all. it's complete sci-fi and it's heavy dose of sci-fi kind of like... and recommended by barack i'm in yeah. yeah uh lots of kind of like math and philosophy and uh and stuff in it um it's really cool i'm not all the way through with it and it is i think it is a trilogy i'm only about halfway through the first book but i love it so the three body oh, th- awesome. the three body problem if you're looking for something to to watch or listen to julie I know, has some downtime maybe julie wants to give that a try um Hey, feel better, girl. We love you. Feel better, Julie. Um, also, just real quick, been watching. we have been watching 13 Reasons Why. I think I recommended it recently. Just skip the mm-hmm. last season. It's garbage, you guys. Don't watch it. It's terrible. They turn <laughs> the, the main character into like some sort of Sherlock Holmes troop, and it's awful. Don't watch it. I also uh-huh. started and finished Black Mirror in like a week and a half. Uh, wow. Really cool stuff. And I went back, because I never watched it, and this was inspired by Critical Role because they started a new show called Undeadwood, and I started watching Deadwood. Also, watch oh, Undeadwood. pretty good things about Deadwood. By Critical Role, because it's amazing. But Deadwood okay. itself has been really good. That's it. Good. It's on Amazon. All right. Oh, an Amazon and uh, season
1: season five of uh, Schitt's Creek.
0: Oh, I know that came out. I, yep, I just saw my list.
1: Finished that one, and best one yet. Best season really? yet. If you like oh, Schitt's great. Creek at all, you will love season five. It is it is so fantastic. I, it, it's an uplifting show. It's goofy, but it's uplifting. I cried at least three times watching this season.
2: Yeah, they not they, like they,
1: crying from laughing. I did laugh a lot, but I cried from the tenderness of some of them, the moments. Like, it was wonderful.
0: They have a little bit of they, they they skate that Michael Scott line to me sometimes, where they're like rich and terrible mm-hmm. and hard to watch. Mm-hmm. But somehow they come they they skate the line better and it comes off endearing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they, they've, they've really got something there. I really like that show. All right. Let's, All get, right. To, let's get to the podcast. I've been staying up
1: way too late because I usually don't watch a lot of television, and the only time I've had to watch it is just late at night, and yeah. I've just been doing it because the shows have been that great that yeah. it's totally worth it.
0: You know what's funny to me? I don't. I mean, a lot, I know a lot of the things that are funny to you, but I don't think I know what you're referring you to specifically here.
1: I will spend minutes crafting what I feel is a fantastic witty tweet. <laughs> yeah. And it will get two or three likes, yeah, of which I'm grateful for. And then I go and retweet this Theoden thing thinking it will just be funny to maybe like you people, and people. Yep. Anthony and John.
0: Yep. And it gets yep. 200 likes. Yeah.
1: Is that where it landed? Uh, let me do final check. I don't think it's quite 200, but it's a lot. It's up there. But uh, let's see here.
0: The love of the Lord of the Rings, man. 179 likes, <laughs> 77
1: retweets.
0: And it's like, not that you shouldn't have retweeted or whatever, but it's like it's not even what you came up with. That, right. Sometimes that's how I feel with, with, with Song of Madness in general. Not that it's not a lot of work, and not that we don't put a ton of time into it and stuff, but it's like, it's just a bracket. They're just names. This right. is not, listen to our podcast. You know, <laughs> like, there's nothing to this. We put so much more work into the other <laughs> stuff that we do. Yeah. <laughs> ah. You know what? People love what they love. They and do people my love friend. Lord of the Rings. They and do love <laughs> Son of Thingol I think.
1: <laughs> yep.